Is our video up? You want to click our on the video? Uh, not up, buddy. You want to click You're on You're 15 seconds behind, of course. Yes, there we go. Oh, yeah, we forgot that. We've got there's a delay. Yeah. Happy it's Monday. The first <laughs> show, guys. Please excuse my, my co host. You'll have to excuse us, doctor. We didn't have a show last week, so we kind of blanked out completely what's yeah. going on. No, I'm not. Happy, happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> you guys, all good. <laughs> TGIM, it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, for all your grooming needs, go ahead and visit manscaped.com. Use promo code WISENUTS and you get 20% off and free shipping. Again, manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping with promo code WISENUTS. That's 10% more than what their website offers you. It is. So, plus And your shipping. nuts will thank you for it. For yeah, sure. their slogan is your balls will thank you. Our slogan is your nuts will thank you. So, uh, again, thank you to Manscaped for uh, sponsoring today's show. And we want to thank Dr. John Norian for taking time out of his Monday to be with us. Thank you, doctor. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great uh, to be here. For those of you tuning in, Dr. Norian is a specialist in fertility and a reproductive endocrinologist. And uh, obviously, before we kind of jump into the topic, we want a little uh, basic background about you. Tell us about, you know, Dr. Norian, a little bit about your family, the background, and then, you know, how you got into what you do for a living now. Sure. No, I, um, I'm originally from Los Angeles, from greater LA area, but I was a kid growing up. I really, I don't come from a long line of doctors, but I really enjoyed science. I enjoy working with people, um, helping people. And, uh, and I think that's really what originally got me interested in medicine. My mom even, uh, brought it up and challenged me on it. I thought I was going to do a whole different career path. But, um, but when I was an undergrad at Cal Berkeley, I, um, I started taking science classes and uh, doing well, enjoying it. And um, I applied to medical school, got in, and, uh, and then I guess uh, the rest is history. I, I enjoyed um, taking care of women's health um, very much so. Uh, taking care of, of guys is fine. And I still do have the privilege of doing that as a reproductive endocrinologist. But um, women are a lot more diligent about their, their health care. You know, they'll actually... <laughs> Show up to appointments. Uh, I, I feel like they'll follow instructions yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, guys don't go to the doctor until they're ready for hospice. Even then, it's it's a struggle. <laughs> but, it's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah, I'm fine. You're okay. in pain. Once, once the pain is intolerable, that's when they actually show up to the doctor. But then there's so many memes about how so many women or wives post about how, oh, my husband is sick with, let's say, the flu. He thinks it's worse worse than childbirth. Is it not true though? Like the I don't flu think gets I'm like me that. worse than my wife. Like flu gets me. I'm in bed. Well, and nothing matters. You just like to be in bed. I think that's yeah. you know, <laughs> that's that's a secondary part to this. In in our office, we you know of course do phlebotomy. We draw people's labs. We we check their different hormone levels, blood tests. I'll be fair. The guy, the people who go to ground most or who get really dizzy, lightheaded, it's guys. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Guys aren't used to going to the doctor. Every time. And it's just a simple little little prick, you know. I pass out every single time. Now, when you went went to medical school, at that point, you don't have to decide yet that you're going into reproductive endocrinology, right? You decide that right when you're choosing your residency or kind of Yeah, so when I I did a residency, more of a surgical residency, I was a OBGYN, obstetrics and gynecology. So during medical school, I figured out that I – as much as I loved my grandparents' doctors, I never wanted to be my grandparents' doctor. 
a geriatrician. There you go. And, and I have some dear friends who are, and they're amazing. They're up to date on their, their, it's not um, as sexy as, <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I just like doing little procedures with my yeah. hand, doing laparoscopic surgery, doing, um, egg retrievals, embryo transfers, things like that as a fertility specialist. These are the things I get to do regularly. And, um, and then the, the other thing with um, reproductive endocrine or, or fertility is the combination of steroid biology and also just genetics. I mean, what we're doing right now in the embryology lab, screening embryos and just learning more about a person's genetics is really cool. This, you know, hashtag science matters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's fascinating, right? When you think about how, how big is an embryo? Ooh. Embryo, you cannot see or it how with the small naked is it, How small or is how, an embryo? Okay. How small is Smaller an embryo? than a grain of rice, for sure. No. Oh, what are you less, talking about? Much less. Like sand? Absolutely. You couldn't see it with the naked eye. Oh, so you can see a grain of sand basically with the naked eye. So, But yet with that tiny little thing, you can determine the gender, the health of it, and the chromosomes and all that jazz. Yeah. It's how, crazy. How? And an embryo contains about a... Well, depends you know how what what stage of embryonic development you know yeah, how many usually clusters we, of cells it's actually become isn't it yeah so usually we are trans uh transferring or implanting embryos at um around at the blastocyst stage so that's where day five day six day seven after fertilization um embryos typically have about 120 128 cells you go from one cell and then it's just ge geometric you know one cell two cells four cells Eight, eight and beyond 16 and just doubles there you go and, and when we screen the embryo what we do is a, a technology called pgt where we take a few cells from the outside of the embryo the placenta portion what do you take it out with an actual syringe or yeah like so a it, suction or because it, if it's smaller than one sand what are you using to take that out how stable does your hand have to be to <laughs> It's a, it's a very good question. So what we use are these expensive microscopes that are literally on shock absorbers. Because you could imagine when someone's walking by and or let's say forget someone walking by, there's an earthquake, right? Um, that you have to keep the platform very steady. Right. Um, what we also do is we use robotic assisted microscopes. So we're using these specialized uh, devices, they're sort of like these pipette tips that are glass and they're highly precise. And um, you, what you can do is you just gently will laser a little bit, um, gives you access to the cells, and then you use robotic assisted guidance under a high, high power microscope, and you get five, six, seven, eight cells, extract the DNA, and there you go, you're off. Bro, this is it's crazy. It's, it's crazy the the process of all of this. I mean, I mean, let alone just creating a child without obviously the whole scientific process behind it and how you know the sperm meets the egg, fertilizes it, it ends up in the uterus and it begins to divide and eventually becomes a human. Like it, it now you have this all done, literally under a microscope, and you take that those cells and you implant it into a the mother. Yeah. I mean, even natural fertility, what you were sort of mentioning in itself is incredible. Let's say we have two peak fertile age humans, two 25 year olds having regular unprotected intercourse, male, female, 
only they conceive about 20 to 25 percent per month over the first three months of trying. Um, so even in our peak fertility, because of just getting the sperm to the right spot in the fallopian tube, having the end of the tube retrieve the egg, having it be a mature egg, having it fertilize, having it grow, having it implant, and then having it grow, it's a, uh, there's a lot more there, you know. But is the sperm instinctively programmed to know where it needs to swim up to, or are they like sheep? They just follow one another. How how do they know they're supposed to go to the fallopian tube and then target the egg? Or yeah, so people have you know really dedicated their lives to studying some of this stuff. And with um, the sperm, believe it or not, just after um, intercourse. Sperm just within five minutes can be at the ends of the fallopian tube. So yeah. typically they do work together. That one um, is fast. That's fast. Yeah. And it's extremely sure. long distance. So you compare like yeah. the size of a sperm. It's literally going all the way almost to San Francisco in that, terms of like, re, yeah, you know, like comparative, comparative lane. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't... You can't to San Francisco. Well, you don't see yeah. the sperm. It's just, it's, <laughs> the thing is going from... And it's very small. Some getting, of our viewers would actually argue whether they see it or not. But, <laughs> but from here to San Francisco, you're talking about like, what, five and a half, six hour I, drive? I think that's him being... I mean, Again, being I think that's being generous. generous yeah. I would think it'd be more because you're talking about microscopic... But in five minutes, it gets there. Well, that's, that's a, like sound of <clears throat> speed. Yeah. For that, I mean, yeah. sound of uh, speed of uh, sound, sound. Speed of sound, not sound of speed, <laughs> sound, of speed of <laughs> sound of music, <laughs> or speed of light. That's crazy. That is, yeah. Yeah. it's a miracle. Like we, Harry said, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a miracle. It's the only way to explain birth. Is miracle. I mean, off off the air, we were actually joking about as far as the whole fertility process and how you know a lot of people nowadays have you know they don't understand that you know the process of this and actually getting pregnant isn't kind of like a uh, one and done sort of thing, uh, especially on the females. And, um, you know, there's certain ovulation times and all that stuff that goes on. And, you know, most people, you know, don't read about it, don't educate themselves and they just kind of wing it. And then for two months, three months, four months, six months, and they're like, Oh my God, is there something wrong with us? Are we doing this wrong? I mean, how many cases like that do you get where they come to you? And again, they're perfectly healthy individuals, but they're just, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to mean it in a rude way, but off. they're uneducated or they don't understand how the process works. Yeah. So, and also even, even talking about, we'll talk about the process, but you know, there's also a lot of things you can be doing beforehand to make your sperm better, make your eggs better. So I think that's a education thing that, that people should really just try to be as healthy as they can so they can get better quality eggs and sperm. But, um, but yeah, no, I see a fair number of people, most people understand with fertility that you do need to ejaculate inside the female for the sperm to be able to get to the... That's uh, how it all starts. Unless you do an IUR. Right. Well, if you use assistance. If you use assistance, then we can give you specimen cups. Yeah. We can process it and all that sort of thing. They're not using a turkey baster? Right. <laughs> but, but it's a very specialized turkey baster but i mean joke, jokes aside, if, if somebody did let's say again it's not recommended but i'm just curious now that you said turkey baster if somebody did use that method and just ejaculate in a cup and then put it in a syringe a, a syringe or something a plastic syringe and, and then insert it 
is is it possible for that to work or it has to be the penis into the vagina and you know actual no no so both options can work so remember that um you know single females will conceive sometimes um gay women will conceive more and more people are doing at home inseminations where they might be able to get donor sperm from a you know specialized cryobank yeah. and Ideally, you're going to be using washed, concentrated, high-quality sperm, right? That's always the goal. Um, when you just, let's say you get your own specimen at home, and then you draw it up in a syringe, and then you use a flexible little catheter, um, you're going to do better with washed, concentrated sperm. So that's where laboratories like ours, you can you can help optimize things, right? With life, that's what yeah. we're, we're really trying to do. Um, but uh, has it been done? Sure. Are the success rates lower? Sure. It's lower than just natural intercourse as Ooh. far as using that catheter, let's say, at home, for instance. Well, usually it depends on the age of the female, how strong are her ovaries, what, and, and to be fair, also, like, how strong is the sperm? But let's say a woman's under 35, I would encourage them, let's optimize your fertility. Don't stop smoking if you smoke, you know, minimize toxin exposures have regular unprotected intercourse. So the how-to that I tell folks is try to have four to five episodes of unprotected intercourse over your quote-unquote fertile 10-day window. And that window is? Yeah. So usually let's say a woman has a period every 28 to 30 days. I usually tell people start a little bit early, start on say day nine-ish, right? And then you go every other day say day nine. Sometimes people ask me for a calendar. They're like, Dr. Noy. And I'm like literally writing it on a prescription pad. I, I, I don't, but I try to make, you know, you got to make light of it. You, you know, tell them there's an app for it. Can, can, you <laughs> can you text us when we should have sex? No. no. <laughs> 15 minutes Preferably before after the kids start. go to sleep. <laughs> no, so, but, so when you say nine days, meaning. So day, nine, oh, great question. I think I know, first day of good flow not just spotting a lot of women get a little spotting before their menstrual cycle mm -hmm. so first day of good menstrual flow <laughs> is day one and then you sort of start on day nine day 11 day 13 day 15 and then for kicks and giggles on day 17. it's better to have sperm on board when the egg drops because sperm can last in the female reproductive system you know over for sure over 48 72 hours, people have even conceived over at one week, just at one episode of, in, you know, intercourse and um, that sort of thing. So, hmm. so you want to have sperm there ready to Re surround. Resilient little suckers, huh? They stay there for almost a week. They, they got good waiting motors. To, waiting to, but the motor. Waiting for their chance. The motor is determined, that's called motility. Is that what it is? Motility, yeah. No, is it motility or motility? Uh, typically motility. Motility. Yeah. Some yeah. people call it mobility, like in, in yeah. uh, Hispanic cultures, but usually it's motility. Motility. How yeah. fast can your sperm swim? And then it even gets graded on like, are they rapid swimmers? Are they slow, progressive? Or do they just twitch in place? Or are they shapes are different too, darker. It's just. Yeah. They, oh my gosh. It's a beauty pageant. Most reproductive endocrinologists, we use a criteria called the strict Kruger morphology. He was one of the pioneers in andrology, male reproductive health. And um, in having more than 4% normal in a strict laboratory is actually okay. Ideally, it's going to be over 14%, but um, 
You know, that's not always a case. More than 4% motility? Yeah, four, no, morphology. So sorry, uh, the morphology. shape of the sperm. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. and wait, that sperm that wins ultimately mm. has beat out how many other sperm at that point? Yeah, so typically a good ejaculate, like a good, strong, you know, ejaculate's going to have more than, you know, 20 million uh, moving oh, sperm. Um, you know, we want the the total concentration of sperm to be ideally in a perfect world greater than 48 million per milliliter. The WHO criteria is, ah, if it's over 15 million per milliliter, that's okay. So... And most guys will typically have about two to three milliliters in a normal ejaculate. Um, you know, the thing is, they work together when they're around the egg. So the the sperm will sort of work together. And right when that, as you say, the best sperm. The window opens. Up. The, the, that last the winner, stroke. The, huh? la, the, la, the winner. The, we'll, we'll call oh. it that. The, then the outside of the egg's membrane, will it's a, it causes this crazy ionic reaction with calcium and then it just gets flooded flooded with calcium calcium not it has two positive charges so it's this electrical charge that comes in the sperm makes it and then kaboom and then all this calcium comes and then there's a whole electrical variance and all this sperm that we're trying to get in get knocked off the membrane and this is instantaneous yeah i mean and then the rest of the dudes are done wow they're yeah they're not able to they're not able to penetrate the sperm anymore because the membrane the egg uh, the yeah. egg, the egg yeah. excuse me the the uh, the membrane of the egg has changed and transformed and things like that yeah that's insane now obviously it's you magic. know you have eggs that double split which creates the uh, twins uh, identical twins right where an egg splits twice right is that correct mm, it's a little bit of a subtle point so uh, so if you have it's not the egg that splits, it's the embryo that splits. So the embryo has both the egg and sperm DNA. So it's got 46 chromosomes. Remember the egg just has 23 chromosomes and the sperm has 23 and they come together in 46 and then you're a human, right? The, the a human. egg is all X chromosomes, though, right? And the sperm can be X or Y. Correct. Correct. So guys are the one who determine the sex of the, the, embryo. Sex of the yeah. embryo. So hey guys, listen, when you, when you complain that you're Wife had four girls, and you're like, "When are you bringing me a boy?" It's not talk her. to your sperm, buddy. Talk, talk to your get uh, go to, <laughs> man, to, to manscape.com and use promo code Wise Nuts, <laughs> and your nuts will thank you later. <laughs> but, but sorry, Doug, you were if saying, we go back in time, Henry V, right? Didn't he like kill his wives or Henry VIII? Yeah, yeah you fuck for what? Because he had they had daughters. He had daughters, but it was his fault. He's the historian. He knows. Eventually, Elizabeth became, you know, queen of England, queen of England, and well, not this current, not well, there has uh, been not Elizabeth that just passed, but the original Elizabeth. I, I I've heard unfortunately of stories in Armenian families where the husband would force the wife to get an abortion until they had a boy. Like mm, they've had six, up. seven, eight abortions until. I it's mean, horrible. It's not just Ar Armenia. It's it's other countries. It's it. It happens throughout the world. And um, I mean, it, Look at it, to be China, fair, though. in China, with the single child policy that, that did get reversed, that that was, uh, you know, infanticide is, a, is an issue that can happen. Yeah. Well, but in China, they weren't disallowing it. You just had to pay a penalty. No, it's not like they would. Well, because well, they could only have one. They wanted to, everyone wanted to have a son. 
So right, they didn't if, keep their daughters. They would. What I'm do saying all is, if you wanted things. to have two kids, you would have to pay, I think, a fee for the second. Yeah, one. but okay, only like so, less than five percent of the people can afford that. Fee. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Now imagine, you know, you're saying you pay a fee or a penalty or whatever it is, which I think is inhumane by itself. You know, you're bringing a human being into this world. Uh, to pay a fee or a penalty for bringing in life, I think is ridiculous as it is. But uh, imagine, you know, you're, you can't afford to pay that fee. What do you do then? I think also, I might be wrong on this, but there was also issues with like job promotion. Let's say you work for the government and you have this and you're sort of looked down upon. And then if you're, you know, two equal candidates going for a promotion and then you had two children, you wow. may, you, uh, that stuff happened. Yeah, the that's a... interesting. Yeah, yeah, enough. But yeah, uh, but, so uh, so the, the twins, identical twins, are the embryo splitting. Embryo splitting. But you know, here's the thing. You might even know this. Um, I have a, a dear friend who's uh, had this happen to them. As women get older, slightly older, they more often will have um, spontaneous occurring twins, but they're usually fraternal, because mm. what happens when women get older. Her pituitary, her hormone center, the hormone center of the brain, starts sensing the ovaries are getting a little sleepy. Uh, so the way it compensates, it increases FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone. So instead of just dropping one egg, she'll oh. drop two eggs. And then let's say she has one or two children. The next thing you know, she has twins. Oh, wow. You know, you go from two to four. <laughs> and, um, that, and that's just the human body reacting human, to it. Well, just, good things happen in multiples. It's okay. There we go. Yeah. But but you were asking about identical twins, and that's where um, the embryo can split. And it depends on the stage where it splits, um, whether they share, they have their own placenta, the two twins, mm -hmm. or whether they share a placenta, whether they have a separate amniotic sac, or they're like within the same amniotic sac, which can be more dangerous, a very high-risk pregnancy, because the, you can get, the cords can get entangled and all sorts oh. of things. So you know, even when I was in fellowship um, at the NIH, we looked at this. It's a hard phenomenon to study because people worry, like, does advanced or assisted fertility treatments cause more monozygotic twinning, identical twins? By and large, it doesn't appear to be. But it's a very rare event. The natural rate of identical twins about 0.4%. And then with assisted technologies, IVF, this, that, and the other, it's probably about 1% is identical. Identical twins. There you go. Is one type of twin healthier than the other for mm. the most part? Yeah. So usually the, it, it is the case. It depends. You know, if, if you have your own placenta, you got your own space, you have your own bedroom, you know, it, they, uh, the embryos can, they, they do better, right? Mm -hmm. But um, the one that's, believe it or not, heavier or stronger, or like weighs more at delivery tends to um, not be as strong an infant um, initially, like right at birth, because they didn't have to work as hard, where the smaller one has had to work harder, so it's, it's able to regulate its glucose better. It's able to regulate its hormones, its heat. It's da -da -da. Oh, wow. I would have thought it was the opposite. Yeah. Like the bigger one took over a lot of the, you know, the energy and the food and all that stuff. It was, you know, it would be stronger. Yeah, but he, they had it too easy. So, but that biologically, yeah, so yeah. definitely something to ask the neonatologist, the pediatricians about, but, um, but that's the one they worry about a little more. Yeah. As far as identical twins are concerned now, uh, is it something that's genetic or is it something where it can happen to anybody? Because I've noticed that, you know, 
again, correct me if I'm wrong, you'll know better than I will, but uh, majority of the time you'll see twins having twins or uh, somebody in the family that was a twin or has twins in their genes uh, tends to have a like more likelihood of having twins yeah. when they have. No, it's a great question. Um, you know, men can increase the likelihood of twinning, especially if it's identical twinning. Um, fraternal twinning, the guys don't really play too big a role with that. Um, we do think there's some predisposition, but for sure, identical twinning can be passed on through families. We think there's different genes involved in it. Um, but fraternal twinning tends to be women getting twins a little bit older, sort of what I mentioned before. Yeah, it's two it's two eggs being fertilized by two separate sperm. By basically. the way, I've had this happen. Gosh, I've been doing, you know, high-level fertility care since, you know, almost 15 years now. And right now, I you know, so with technology, we're just getting better creating these high-level embryos. And now we can even use what I was describing before. We can screen the embryos. Is it, quote-unquote, chromosomally normal? And we also learn if it's a male or a female. Some people, believe it or not, don't want to know. They just want, you know, hey, Dr. Norian, we just want a, the highest healthy grade yeah. embryo, right? A lot of people. Maybe for baby number two, if people can find out, they'll be like, okay, well, we'll know. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, I, don't, I, I don't know if I told you guys this story. I think it was with when uh, Dr. Vegan Sepilian, who is also mm -hmm. a fertility yeah. expert on, on uh, who was on the show. Uh, I had a client of mine who, you know, they were trying to get pregnant. They went and visited a doctor and, you know, the doctor gave him some guidance as far as what to do and when to do it and, and all that. And, uh, you know, they got, they ended up getting pregnant and they went in for an ultrasound and doctor's like, you know what, congratulations, you know, you are Twins. pregnant. I'll see you guys in about, you know, two weeks. We'll do a follow-up, blah, 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 blah. So they went back two weeks later and doctor's like, oh my God. And they're like, well, what happened? What happened? You know, they're, they're, they're freaking out. Cause they're like, we finally got pregnant. Is everything okay? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm getting two heartbeats. Congratulations, you know, you're having twins. And they're like, oh, my God. I mean, this is great. But at the same time now, like, what are we going to do? This, it's twins. We weren't expecting this, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, now, you know, I got to see you a little bit more sooner because now, you know, you're older. It's a little bit more high risk. And then, you know, he sees them a couple of weeks later and he goes, oh, my God. There's four. And they're like, <laughs> so she's like, what's wrong? And he goes, you're having triplets. And he goes, Doctor, this is the last time we're showing up here. Every time we show up, you're adding a baby. Wow. Uh, I mean, they ended up, they did end up having triplets. Oh, wow. uh, all three wow. of them healthy kids. Uh, awesome. Boy, boy, girl. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's a funny story where, you know, you're trying to have kids. You're trying to have kids for so long. And all of a sudden, you know, this goes back to what you were saying. You know, an older mother, you know, past 30s all of a sudden you know she, she didn't drop two she dropped three and boom 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 one after the is other is that is that necessarily because the the pituitary gland <clears throat> is aware that let's say the ovaries are getting older and lazier or is it more so that you can also contribute to nature taking its course and knowing that okay you're getting older you're not going to get pregnant again maybe mm -hmm. so why don't we give you two maybe even three so we knock it out a home run in one shot you know that's <laughs> that's a huge teleological <laughs> question i wish i had the answer but um yeah hard to know i mean why it, it not to say that you're wrong but remember guys twins are a higher risk pregnancy yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, especially now in the modern age where we're able to provide high level, you know, OB care, keep moms alive, keep them healthier. Um, 
But having twins, you know, a lot more diseases of prematurity, um, you know, 10 to 15 percent of twins deliver crazy early, less than 32 weeks pregnant. Oh. And then you can have lifelong morbidity, you know, major breathing problems, bowel problems, brain hemorrhage. And then about 35% deliver between 32 to 37 weeks. Of course, like 32 weeks in two days is much, much riskier than, say, 36 weeks in five days. So, yeah. you know, with twins. So my goal is always a single, you know, a single one at a time. And it's just healthier, easier. Even my spouse, my wife, when we were trying to conceive, she was, you know, very worried about pregnancy. She just, you know, some women are you know, just they were more scared or accepting a pregnancy. And she just wanted twins and be done. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we have zero kids and going from zero to two. It also puts a stress on the relationship and, and other things as well. Because so. I, one of my uh, employees had uh, twins, twin girls, and um, both of them at birth, I remember, we're in the NICU for 40 or 60 days oh, after birth. Horrible. That's what we're trying um, to avoid. Yeah. And then after birth, then even till now, I think they turn, they turn four this year, summertime. Um, one of them still gets speech and occupational therapy. The other one is a little bit more advanced. I think that the therapy has either kind of tapered down or she's getting no therapy. But it's a it's a long process, man. With with twins, the challenges, like you said, yeah. the, the complications are much higher. And then yeah. once they're born, then you can still continue for many many years to face these challenges. Yeah, you know, with it, assisted reproductive technologies, IVF, re, reproductive medicine. In the old days, oh my gosh, there were twins, triplets, quads, even, and that was just the bad old days. That's what I would tell people. Because now the majority of my patients that were doing embryo transfers are single embryo for all the, the reasons that you just sort of mentioned. But, yeah, to avoid complications. Um, yeah, yeah. But you need a high-level lab, a good team. You need a good endometrium. It's very detail-oriented. Oh, yeah, detail of course. Oriented. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys have all that. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, yeah. We're, I, uh, I'm very particular and uh, you know, I'm a little OCD when it comes to certain things. And it, it's not just me, though. Like, I very much help guide the ship and we are, you know, speaking with people, but we have a wonderful team of not just nurse coordinators, but embryologists, sort of the people doing the micro fertilization, doing the biopsies and things like that. I mean, they have PhDs, masters of science, you know, things like that. Yeah. One of, <clears throat> one of my coworkers who had twins, identical twin girls, you know, you told the, the girls are like 14. Now me personally, when I look at them, I can't tell them apart. They look I mean, they, they, to me, they look like splitting images of each other. It's basically a mirror. And, you know, it's but funny the when parents I, could always tell, yeah, them. the parents could tell them, tell them apart easily. Mm. And, uh, it's funny when I, when I speak to the parents, sometimes I go, can I ask you guys a question? They're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, number one, how was it when you guys had twins as far as the challenge behind it? They go, oh, sleepless, sleepless, sleepless nights. I mean, you talk about having one kid and having sleepless nights, two were a bigger battle. And then the, the husband would always say, Oh, and I guarantee you, we mixed up their names multiple times already at this point because, you know, you'd have you, one of them would wake up, you'd feed that one, and then the other one would cry, and then you'd and then you'd 
didn't know if you fit this one or you fit that one, and you would mix up their names and their I would feeding schedule. Those cattle tags on their ears. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> pierce ears, it right huh? away, especially if they're girls. Pierce, <laughs> yeah. as well, might as well pierce it up. Huh? That's, what? That's one that's way to do brutal. it. They do it to cattle. It's cattle. <laughs> it's, like, it's, cattle. <laughs> it's cattle. Uh, Levick is asking, how rare is it to have twin boys and one to have autism? Uh, so autism is just a multifactorial condition. Um, and it's something where a lot of, a lot of research dollars are going to. You know, there's not just like a single gene mutation, like let's say sickle cell disease or cystic fibrosis or something like that. Um, we don't know the exact reason why autism happens. To be fair, if you have twins and one has autism, you worry about was there blood flow issues? Was there nutri nutrition issues in utero, right? But I will tell you, there is a growing sort of groundswell of these chronic low-level exposures to toxins causing not only more and more diseases of inflammation, but also autism spectrum-ish conditions. But it's not well proven. But look, I mean, there's so we're all exposed to so much plastic. Even my pen that I use is petroleum. It's plastic. Um, the receipts that we get from the newspaper, from the store, it's got BPA in it, right? You know, we're trying to do all these different things to clean up our world, but we think these rapidly degrading plastics that we're exposed to again and again and again even the case for my phone i think has some level of like bpa but like yeah. i mean i didn't decide when we were born so at some point we just have to you know be as healthy as we can and um you know try to minimize exposures to things and how how did they how did our parents generation do it because they had less of these issues right did they not have grocery receipts or uh there was more lead from what I remember right back then than lead has been com completely banned. Lead, asbestos, uh, so many other. So how is it that we had less autism, less pregnancy um, issues at our parents and our grandparents' generation versus now? Even infertility is, what's the increase now in fertility? Well, well hold on, before the doctor answers, I think fertility... I think during our parents, especially our grandparents' generation, there was actually more miscarriages. Because yeah. I, I, I know stories not Definitely. only from my grandparents, but... Miscarriages? You know, oh, yeah, miscarriages. Like, for even, even you know, kids being born and uh, passing... Not, past, not making it the first seven oh, yeah, days. Not, A lot of not even the first seven days. Not making it past, like, three months, six months because of certain, you know... Uh, sicknesses, diseases, doctor just mentioned as well. One of the biggest factors, inflammation, certain types of inflammation where, you know, back then, you know, they didn't really know what the cause was of death. You know, well, it that, was just, that could be as simple as, for instance, I think uh, you may remember that, I, I forget if this was in the, I think it was in the 1800s. There was a European hospital that was losing about 40% of, their uh, newborns and they couldn't figure out why these babies were dying Did the nurse have or even the moms why the pregnant moms giving birth were dying no and then what they figured out one guy for for a long time was saying listen i think it's infection control they were like no it's not infection control finally after a couple of years they decided to investigate um and it was because the same doctors we're working on the other side of the hospital. You know the story? Yeah, no, you're right. Where they were, they were working on the morgue side, 
yeah, embalming no. yeah, dead bodies. And without gloves, without washing their hands, they would go to the uh, maternity ward and deliver babies. And Are you serious? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and that was the cause of all the, all the deaths of the moms and the babies, right? Something yeah. very simple. Bro, I just I remember when my nephew was born. He was in NICU for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks, and just going to visit. This is pre-COVID, but just just going to visit him to see him in his little uh, little incubator. I remember before you could even take two more steps into NICU, you had to wash your hands thoroughly, make sure everything was sanitized, and then you could walk into... They didn't give you, like, full-on PPEs? Uh, he wasn't in that portion of NICU. There was another portion of NICU where you were in full PPEs, basically. Yeah. Uh, the gown, the cap, the mask, everything to make sure. He was more of just kind of... Uh, it, it, was, it, wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as intensive care as... Even, even our embryology lab, because that's our clean room, right? Uh-huh. We minimize the people who go in there. It's under positive pressure ventilation. So we're like pushing air out all the time. So you open the door and it's like, you know, under, under that. And then, um, you know, when you walk in, you're always walking on these sticky mats, trying to decrease dust coming in. Yeah. People are wearing booties, things like that. Yep. Yeah. It has to be as sanitary as possible. I mean, back then, man, uh, you know, you had midwives helping give birth to children. I mean, not even doctors. And the midwife comes in. She's got a sandwich in one hand, the other hand, down oh, where. No. Oh, go easy on the midwives. I think, you know. Yeah, Was yeah, it with yeah. mustard or no mustard? Uh, it's the raise weight. <laughs> but uh, it's just, like I said, going back to, you know, back in the day, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, doctor, but there were more miscarriages because of uh, just, I guess, you know, certain diseases and sicknesses, illnesses. I mean, I would have had two aunts if, uh, if they, you know, they, if my grandmother didn't have miscarriage. No question. There's a lot more fetal mortality, um, pediatricians, antibiotics. Um, now with ultrasound, you were mentioning that story about, um, the one turned to two turned to three. Yeah. My gosh. I mean, the technology for ultrasounds is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really in this day and age, you're doing these internal ultrasounds and you have a clear view of the uterus. So it's extremely rare to miss a pregnancy, but, um, but with these advancements, you have improved a lot of safety. I do think though, our going to your question about our grandparents, I mean, they ate different food. They just didn't like, they didn't have access to Cheetos, you know, oh, they didn't have access Doritos to and all this crap, Oreos, crap and Cheetos. Coca-Cola, probably not. Coca-Cola they may have yeah yeah but that was sort of even specialty and a lot of like even the the things they were eating a lot of them for desserts and things were or homemade you know middle eastern cultures you're eating like pistachio nuts with walnuts and with you know maple syrup and all this honey i mean that's sort of superfood and that's your dessert you know things were weren't sweetened with artificial sweeteners and sugar cane and I mean, you, you know, like you just mentioned, a lot of things were sweetened with fruits, with honey, with walnuts you know. and honey together. That's yeah. another recipe, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, it's just it, uh, it's it was it was different, man. The, there's so much hormones in in the food nowadays. Let me ask you: this. Does the food we eat nowadays affect whether it's the eggs or the sperm count? It does, absolutely. And it's a big sort of passion for me looking into this. I enjoy reading books like 
related to nutrition's impact on health and also on fertility. Um, there's a wonderful researchers um, throughout the U.S. There's one who's out of the Boston area, this guy Jorge Chavarro and Bill Willett. And they did um, a huge study that's often quoted. And he keeps looking at other questions that called he wrote a book called The Fertility Diet, which was really interesting. Just talking about, you know, more of a, a plant forward diet, really emphasizing some things related to the Mediterranean diet. Mm. Um, and, you know, if you eat carbohydrates, try to eat like old fashioned carbohydrates, slow carbs. So like don't have that like one minute oatmeal with like, you know, <laughs> cinnamon, maple syrup and all that. Have the old fashioned, the five minute, the 10 minute oatmeal. Yeah. That's don't use slow. the microwave. Actually boil it, right? Cook the oats. Yeah, cook cook, the, cook oats. the oats. Yeah. And then, you know, instead of using sugar and brown sugar to sweeten it, put some berries in there, put some cinnamon, put some honey in there. And hell, Chamiches, raisins. Yeah, tra- there, you go. there you go. Blueberries, raisins. And then, hell, throw it in the fridge. Have some overnight oats the next day as well. Because in Armenia, they, they make this concoction out of, uh, I don't know the exact ingredients, but it was walnuts. Honey, honey, raisins, dates, a couple of other things they they would mix up and they would actually sell it and it's very expensive. Mm, yeah. uh, they they would sell it for, especially for guys who had low sperm count or low motility and they would take this and supposedly it helped. Um, I don't know how much truth there is to it, but... There's probably some, some benefit to it. It's hard to know exactly um, because... You know, even it, I had a conversation this morning with a, a guy who um, had low motility, low movement of the sperm, and uh, his concentration wasn't too bad. But when we were preparing the sperm for IUI, for insemination, his numbers weren't where we wanted it to. And he was asking, his doctor, like, you know, I'm taking these like extra vitamins and the vitamins typically are rich in antioxidant rich compounds. So vitamin yeah. C, zinc, selenium, L-carnitine, things like this. And probably which are found in that concoction that you just told me about the walnuts and the dates and things like that. Um, But what I, what I tell folks is usually these help make the better sperm better. So you may not see a drastic change in the actual sperm analysis. Mm -hmm. You will see some when you look at thousands of people, but, um, but uh, yeah, that, that's one of the things. Um, I mean, are there over, not, I don't want to say over the counter, but are there certain vitamins or certain foods that you would recommend? Because I know, you know, when we were, for my first and my second, I remember my wife was taking folic acid uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, oral uh, pills, just basically to prepare herself for pregnancy. But as far as for guys, is there something where uh, some sort of vitamin or some sort of food or something where a guy could take it, where it'll help him not only with performance, but, you know, to raise his sperm count? Yeah. So one of the things just really try to optimize their health. If you if you smoke cigarettes, stop. If you use tobacco products, stop. Cannabis use, marijuana use will lower people's sperm count. So try to hold off on that. Alcohol. Um, moderate. A little bit of alcohol is probably okay, but you want to keep it around like two, three units a week, you know, which is, What's a you unit, know, like shot? Yeah, one, like a shot, a glass of wine, a beer, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Is, How, is I would actually- light okay? <laughs> I would actually say uh, have a couple of shots if you're trying to get pregnant, man. There's so many people that are so tense and they look at it as a process. It's like have a couple cocktails, have a couple shots, have yeah, some tequila, let, let, let loose and just let it go. 
turn the lights down. Let's let it go. Put on some Yanni. Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah. how it happens, huh? Let's get Look it on. <laughs> now, Let's hear you sing that one. Let's go. As, as far as um, treatments goes, so for women, you have IUI, IVF. For men, you have what? Microtessi and anything else? Yeah. If you can cover so microtessie is the most complicated. So that's where you are. So what a tessie is, or for guys, typically most guys will produce a sample and it, it ejaculate into a sterile specimen cup. And then whether an andrologist, embryologist prepares the sperm, they'll you know get the best swimmers basically. Mm-hmm. Um, some guys have had a vasectomy before. Right. They may be at the time done with their family building, then they meet someone else and then they want to add to their family. Um, so you can do uh, a simple um, uh, percutaneous epididymal sperm aspiration. So a PESA or um, uh, or just what, a, what is PESA, if you can explain yeah. how that works. Yeah. So what you do is you'll um, anesthetize the testicle or the gentleman and you just meaning make a, you. Local anesthesia, anesthesia, um, oftentimes urologists, you know, male um, uh, surgeons will do this. Um, Even reproductive endocrinologists will do basic ones. And um, they give local anesthesia, numb the area like a little block, you know, like a nerve block. They'll do the same thing for that part of the body, for the scrotum. And uh, and then they'll, with a a needle, guys just feel a little pressure and they aspirate. a sperm directly from the source. So they don't so that's need the tubing. had a vasectomy. Yeah, vasectomy, exactly. Oh, Jesus. So they're not necessarily reversing the vasectomy because vasectomy is just tying the tube that brings the ejaculate exactly. or the sperm they're into blocking. the ejaculate. Well, isn't a vasectomy reversible? Uh, yes and no. And uh, it's very delicate microsurgery. And one of the things that kills me when people have vasectomy reversals, it's a good, reliable technique for the right aged couple right? How old is the female? Also, you want to know how well are her ovaries working? Let's say a woman has very sleepy ovaries. She has diminished ovarian reserve. And then you're putting your vasectomy, you know, the vas deferens back together again. And the poor woman, um, you know, her reproductive aging is happening more fat, more quickly. That's not your best candidate. Uh So also the studies with vasectomy reversals, it's after two, three, four years of trying. And the, the urologist will say, oh, it worked. There's like two sperm in the ejaculate. I'm so sorry. I don't want two sperm. I want over five to 10 million moving high quality sperm. <laughs> two sperm is like going to war. How many soldiers we got? We got two. Me, including three. All right. Let's like call me, it. me, Billy, and Tom. All right, guys. And Tom's on a wheelchair. Let's call it off, guys. <laughs> Just wave the white flag. <laughs> but let me ask you this as far as the vasectomy is concerned. Is, does it affect a man hormonally? Typically not. You do it. It's just a tubing plumbing thing. That's so all you're not, um, unless you have a major issue, you get major bleeding, then you have less blood supply to the testicle, and then you can run the risk of testicular atrophy. But that's extremely rare with like a well-trained urologist doing a vasectomy. And it's all done local, basically, local anesthesia. Typically, you know, some guys actually want like to be a little further asleep because they don't want to think about it. Um, so you can get like propofol or, you know, a little a little deeper, but you're breathing on your own. Your pain is controlled, but you're but that's for you PESA. don't remember it. But then you have microtessie, which is different than PESA, right? Yeah. So it's, it's sort of 
are you removing it just from the epididymis or are you removing it from directly from the testicle? Yeah. And um, so you're getting core biopsies of tissue um, and the micro part of a tessy, so testicular epididymal sperm aspiration or extraction. So tessy, T-E-S-E, right. um, is where you can just do like almost a core biopsy into the testicle. But this is high level stuff where you really want not just a regular urologist, but you'd like a fertility urologist. And most megalopolises of America will have one or two high level three, you know, fertility urologists. Because what they do is they take, like you said, the tissue from the testicle, right? And then they try to map out if there's any uh, sperm. They extract the sperm and then they take the egg, make an embryo. Exactly. Right. Implanted in the micro the portion. I'm not sure if you've ever seen like guys are operating no. under huge high level microscopes. We were talking about how do you extract cells from an embryo? So they're doing not at, not as high, high magnification, but still very particular. So you're literally seeing the epidemic, the collecting ducts, the tubules yeah. in the testicle. And it's very microsurgical. So yeah, the micro are done by a small number of urologists and, um, <laughs> And as far as the vasectomy, we have a question about vasectomy. Is there a certain age where it's no longer safe? And are there any side effects as far as maybe it could cause testicular cancer or it could uh, reduce your sex drive or testosterone or any type of mm. reduce your... Well, is, is FSH, FSH is still necessary for testosterone, right? Regardless Correct. if you want to Yeah, yeah, get, yeah. Guys make want. FSH and LH yeah. just like the females. Hold on. What is FSH? FSH again? So it's a uh, sports car. <laughs> I know. It's similar to the Z06. Is it fast? Is it made in America? <laughs> Chinese. <Did> we- <laughs> you guys, I love it. It's basically the pituitary hormone that talks to uh, your gonads. So your yeah. gonads are either oh, so ovaries or testicles, depending. On which one do you have? So it's, so it's the wire that tells which you, hey, listen, you I need you to stand up. Which type of gonads do you, do you have? have? FSH, the, yeah. the one made in the US? <laughs> The zero six. You have I don't know, bro. <laughs> Stop, your gonads are your testicles, unless you have ovaries. I don't know. Yeah, unless, unless you're a seahorse. Hold on, let me check. I'll be back. <laughs> Reach and down there, let's check. check <laughs> so there's no side effects as far as reducing your FSH, testosterone, sex Typically, drive. No, no, it's just honestly tubing. It's, it's sort of uh, plumbing, basically. It's it's plumbing, yeah. Your, your dad can technically do it. He's basically. Well, he's retired. <laughs> he's so. retired. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, I got to ask him how you do it. You want, you want it done? You Listen, I was his apprentice a couple of years ago. I, I think I might be able to solder some stuff I, up. Yeah, I think I have triple antibiotic. And- no problem. I'll bring, I'll bring the solder. <laughs> you're okay with torch, right? <laughs> Torch. I'll torch it up. You know, they talk about laser versus surgical. There's different techniques. You got to go Is to there? someone. And, yeah, good. Who These knows guys are very good at this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, one thing, though, I got to mention. Sure. A lot of guys um, will think about like, hey, I may have little performance issues. I'm a little tired. I'm, you know, sluggish, this sort of thing. They go to a primary care doctor and They'll check a testosterone level, a serum testosterone level, you know, just a blood test. And then it may be a little borderline or low. And then even the family medicine doctor will give them testosterone, which is horrible. It's horrible for doctors like me because then the testicle doesn't need to work anymore. And then there goes lazy. It becomes lazy and you get no sperm in the ejaculate. The guys will have more energy and they'll have better erections. 
but they'll be you know quote unquote shooting blanks yeah. more I, often. I would i would actually think you know you know going to through trt you'd actually be the opposite no, be- no because all it does just like when you take insulin right your the insulin doesn't make your pancreas work no no it's it's replacing the same thing with trt it's called testosterone replacement therapy yeah yeah i know but it's like your body's being injected with testosterone but it's replacement that's the key right there anything it's not making your testicles produce uh, sorry doc you're the doctor we're like you're good you're good you're right i'm with this don't worry so i'm gonna be giving you a vasectomy in about an hour and a half Right after I give you TRT. No problem. <laughs> That'll make provide. it harder. The testicles will shrink. I provide the tools, you guys. I'll we're gonna, provide the tools. We're going to mutilate each other in the next hour. Yeah, yeah. but as far as options goes for... Because it seems like there's more options for treatment for women than there is for men. Yep. It's fair to say, but I'll be fair with you. With men, remember, if you're going through IVF and you have severe oligospermia, so very low numbers of sperm or severe low movement, asthenospermia or teratospermia, however you want to call it. Really, we just need one good looking sperm per egg to fertilize an egg. So, and remember, even in guys who only have say 2 million per milliliter, which is severe oligospermia, 1 million per milliliter, um, I only need one good looking sperm per egg. And more often women, when we're going through IVF fertility treatments, we may be retrieving, depends on the person, anywhere between five to 15 to 20, you know, eggs. So um, that's like, thank goodness for, for medical innovation science. It's a technique called ICSI, intraspinoplasmic uh, sperm injection, where you just need the one sperm and you inseminate that into the egg. And believe it or not, many times it works. Um, yeah your fertilization rates are very similar to, um, to otherwise, you know, someone who doesn't have male factor. So I'll take someone who has male factor and have better tools available to them than if someone has like a severe egg factor. Hmm. There you go. And for women, as far as the difference between IUI and IVF, um, do you try IUI first because it's less invasive and then move to IVF? How, and what is the difference just so our viewers can, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. So IUI, it's like a whole alphabet soup of uh, letters, right? Um, but uh, IUI, intrauterine insemination. So that's where we get a sperm sample, we wash it, concentrate it very precisely, and then we inseminate it into the uterus on a given day. And the people who are going to be best for that are going to be women who are younger, women with open fallopian tubes, right? You want to make sure the tubes are open. And what are risk factors for that? Let's say a woman's had... Uh, PID, public inflammatory disease, gonorrhea, chlamydia, and, and the way the body heals, it may scar down the tubes. Mm. Or a woman's had a ruptured appendix or maybe endometriosis, and she's got adhesions, you know, for other reasons, and then the tubes may be closed. So you need open tubes, uh, women who are a little bit younger. And so, you're able to check for all this prior to suggesting IUI or IVF. Yes? Correct. Yep, yep. You can do... Typically, you may do it's um, we call it the dye test, where a hysterosalpingogram, like ugh, what a long word, but an HSG, and you can check the uterus and also the tubes. I, I also can use a technique um, where you use a saline air mixture. We do it in the office, and it's a little more comfortable. Um, so that's that. You want a, a favorable female. So let's say a woman who's 31, 32, good strong ovaries. Maybe she wants to have just one or two children. And access to good um, 
to good sperm, right? So you gotta do a sperm analysis also. Yeah. Because let's say the guy has really low sperm, then the idea of your success rates with insemination, the basic treatment are just aren't gonna be there. But so. the cost is far less for IUI as well. Absolutely. IVF, right? Absolutely. So that yep, is yep. not a bad way to kind of like a first shot. Well, yeah, see the, if the, it pro works. the process of it is is a lot less not, not invasive. Yet. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's less invasive. It's not as complicated as you well, know, with IVF, the I've, woman has to go through hormonal treatments I've, and yeah. injections and right egg yeah. retrieval. And uh, with IUI, you avoid all that. Is, yep. uh, is IVF more, is it more riskier for the female? Mm. So risky, gosh. So you have to know what you're doing. Um, but the risk with fertility treatments, the main risks are going to be multiple pregnancies. And you can control that by and large with good management. So a number of embryos you put back, you put back a single embryo, we have low risk of twins and things like that. Other risks with IVF, you can have uh, hyperstimulation where a woman can overstimulate. She gets extremely bloated, retains water, things like that. But if you're a good reproductive endocrinologist and you know the person's like pre-cycle testing, you know like what age is she, how many follicles, how many resting eggs does she have, What's her hormone level, her AMH level? You can do tricks to avoid it. Yeah, because when and, you talk about, you know, hormonal treatment, like Armand just mentioned, I mean, you're basically messing with a female's hormones. You don't know how she'll kind of react to it. That's the only reason why mm, I ask. Yeah, no, no, it's a great question. No, I, please, please. So the, the, the way you can do lots of tricks, we can use now the way you induce the final egg maturity is you use what we call a Lupron trigger. So Lupron, it's this hormone, it's a GNRH uh, uh, agonist. So you basically give a hypothalamic hormone to trigger the body's own FSHLH to then do that final last stage of maturing the eggs. Isn't so, Lupron a puberty blocker though? It, it, it can be, yeah. So that's what we call depot Lupron. So long acting, it's like a depot of long-acting Lupron, and then it just shuts the whole hormonal axis down. What we just give is like one small blast of Lupron, and it's so, the, the half-life of it is so short. Whereas in the old days, we used HCG, a big, huge dose of HCG. And HCG, its half-life was long, long, long. And then these poor women would get all this hyperstimulation syndrome. So that's what I was saying is if you do IVF, risk, twins, control it with number of embryos, hyperstimulation, do your, all your tricks, Lupron, metformin, uh, cycle. Don't give a woman too many metformin med medications. Yeah. Cor correct. Really? Isn't that a diabetic medication? It, yeah, it is. It's an insulin geez, sensitive. Man, talk about all I this. I love this. This guy's you, well, you, you're well, great. You're, well, you take, I mean, what do you think? Viagra is? Oh no. <laughs> I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I'm talking, for erection. you're, you're, you're talking about, I mean, just listening to the process of all of this, you're and trying to digest how this, I mean, in how much of a time period is this all taking place? I mean, how does timing work on this? Yeah. So it, there, there's a, typically when you're going through a fertility treatment cycle, it's yeah, about four or five ultrasounds and hormone levels. You do a baseline. Typically I'll see a woman on day five, day seven, day nine. And um, for ultrasound and uh, blood levels, and then um, and then uh, after that um, we go to trigger and then go to egg retrieval. So there's usually what I tell people about a week, week and a half, where it's a little bit busier. A lot of the appointments are only about an hour, hour and a half. We try to make it easy, 
and um and that sort of thing so because i'm like you just think you're I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you're playing God, man. It's like you're you're, well, you're, you're, art, change, you're artificially, you're artificially doing all that. I know, yeah. but it's like I just worry. Like, look, the human body is the most fascinating thing in the world, and just changing certain things to again create another human being and get timing correct and uh, just I don't know, man. It's like I'm I'm not a doctor or you know I'm not a biology major or anything, but just I know, love the fact that you have to have that disclaimer no but as far as like just being able to just change (laughs) certain things in the human body and not understanding how it'll react to it you know what i mean because because all of that the goal correct me if i'm wrong doc is they're artificially basically creating the menstrual cycle then the the so that the ovaries become active and then they release the all of that is artificially being done with all these medications and hormone treatments so that when it releases however many eggs it releases, they can take that out, extract it, and then... So, look, what, are the, what are the risk factors as far as to a woman? Because again, like I said, mm-hmm. with all this hormonal treatment, is there a risk where you'll disclose it to a patient and say, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're doing X, Y, Z, but ABC may occur. Right. So what are the risks of IVF or fertility treatment? So what I, some of the ones I just mentioned... But then people ask again and again, what about the risk of cancer? What about the risk of breast cancer, ovarian, ovarian cancer? cancer? Yeah. Right. So here, here is the story on that. So a major study after major study in big peer-reviewed journals like JAMA, Journal American Medical Association, New England Journal, things like that, that the fertility treatments don't cause breast cancer. But what they may do, they may stimulate something that's there. So that's why in all women who are over 40, I require them to get a mammogram, make sure they don't have a resting breast cancer because the meds may stimulate that. Mm. Um, one thing you brought up about ovarian cancer, you you'd mentioned that, is that fertility treatments don't cause ovarian cancer, but the diagnosis of infertility is associated with increased ovarian cancer. Is that so, where PCOS comes into play? So... PCOS, that's a very common syndrome, polycystic ovarian syndrome, where people just don't ovulate well. Oftentimes they have more male hormone and they're not dropping a mature egg. So they're not resting their ovary. So um, people with PCO, believe it or not, have higher incidence of uterine cancer and endometrial cancer because their body's always chronically exposed to estrogen. Because they have, that's basically enlarged ovaries that has developed cyst is that what yeah small i hate the word cyst because they're just follicles they're the resting spot for the ovaries mm. but instead of you know making one dominant mature egg they're um they've got all these resting eggs 12 15 18 that just um can't mature so they um they get stuck in this early stage of development and then we use tricks to help a woman ovulate better and why is um, pco is so so much more common these days Mm. Do you think it's, again, the food, all the inflammatory foods and processed chemicals that we put into our bodies? Or So I think that's part of it, for sure. There's higher rates of diabetes, higher rates of insulin resistance. <clears throat> There's a whole theory about, like, what causes PCOS and whether it's, like, the different ratios of FSH and LH. So is it at the pituitary level or is it more related to insulin resistance? Right. And that's why, by the way, we use metformin, right? Because metformin, even something called myo-inositol or ovastatol um, is another way that the body 
can help make insulin work better and, and have less insulin, less glucose around, less of all these endogenous stimulators. So it's so fascinating. I mean, when you think of it, all of it, they're just artificially creating tr as perfect of an environment as possible, right? Mm -hmm. To it's almost like to, Arnold's to playing. It's like playing God in a sense. Well, playing well, God, we're going to get to with the artificial wombs. That's playing God. I we'll think more so, than, more so than this. Yeah, it's like a, it's a, you know what it is. Assisted God. Look at it. Look at it this yeah. way. It's like assisted. Uh, it's like uh, it's like working in a greenhouse at this point. The greenhouse is basically his office, and they're making sure the environment for whatever is growing is. Yeah. Ideal as far as temperature, peak, yeah. humidity, <laughs> watering. Up. But then one of the things you guys bring up the playing God thing. I mean, cardiologists, what are they doing? Playing God. Right. They're driving down a person's blood pressure to decrease the likelihood of having a heart attack, a yeah. stroke, things like that. So every field of medicine is trying to use these different biohacks to just optimize health in the human experience. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, look at it this way. You know, a healthy human being whether, you know, male or female, uh, if you take care of your body, you won't have the cardiovascular issues. You won't have the pregnancy issues. It's very, you know, a, 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 per, a, a female and a male are made to produce, basically produce human beings. And, a, and if the machine is well-oiled, uh, well-kept, and is constantly running and is not just laying around, it's going to perform at optimum capacity so whether it's cardiology cardiology uh cardiovascular issues or it's pregnancy issues or it's you know i don't know anything uh dieting issues sugar levels all that stuff you just got to take care of yourself at the end of the day you have to watch what you're putting in your stomach you got to exercise you got to make sure you're you know getting the right amount of sleep all that is very very important whether it's for like i said for your heart for your gut for your at balls for your ovaries, whatever yeah. it is, doesn't matter. All of the above. All of the above. But thank goodness we live now because we have tools with assistance. Yeah, that we can help. that's and it, that's yeah. You know, one of the other things also with the the ovaries. Remember, a woman starting you know day one, two, or three of her menstrual cycle may, depending on her age, have anywhere from ten to twenty resting follicles, resting eggs, and then biologically, naturally, usually there's just a chosen one. One mature egg that releases and gets picked up by the tube. What we do with assistance with fertility treatments is we help tip the odds more in her favor where she doesn't just release one egg, yeah. but she um, may release two or three because again, not all are going to be mature fertilizing grow yeah. or with in vitro. Remember, even when we go to IVF, we retrieve eggs. I might retrieve 15 eggs on average, 75% are mature, 70% fertilized normally. Um, and then if you work with good labs around the United States, 50% will grow to that beautiful embryo. So let's say in average, you go from number of eggs to number of embryos, about 30, 35%, depending, maybe 40% in a, a fortunate situation. So, and IVF is the one where you guys take multiple eggs and multiple sperms, and then you implant it into the woman and. Well, well, with just one embryo though. Okay. Right? okay Typically okay. one, one embryo, but, yeah. but yeah, you're absolutely right. We're fertilizing more than than just one okay. egg. Now, I, I'll tell you, because it's sort of an interesting talking point. Some people, what I do can make people sometimes a little bit queasy in terms of their spiritual beliefs and things. Um, and most, let's say, number of eggs. Remember, we also do a lot of egg freezing, right? As women get older, 
their egg quality declines or number of eggs decline. So we can put eggs on hold and freeze them. Or a young woman, 28 year old has new diagnosis of breast cancer. The way that she's going to beat it is by chemotherapy. That's not so great for her ovaries. So anyway, so with the egg retrieval that some people are like, Hey, Dr. Norian, I don't want to have too many embryos around. Mm. Right. And then we really sit down with them. We talk them through it. We talk through the numbers. You know, I think it's part of the reason why I like baseball because I'm really a bit of a numbers guy, like the stats and things like that. So since you're talking about that, uh, let's say you've, um, you've got seven embryos for example, five of them are normal, two of them are abnormal. So technically you can use all five of them over time, right? Mm -hmm. A couple wants to have no more than three kids. So they end up using the three and they've frozen the two normal ones. Now, there's two options. You can either dispose it, those two healthy embryos, or you can donate it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. How does one make that decision? Because if you donate it now, somebody is potentially raising your kids, your DNA, right? Your your genetically created kids. In somebody else's womb? Basically yes. like a surrogate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But wow. let's say you can't have kids. You can... There's, it's not there's, a there's, there's, uh, no, the no, banks, it's like a surrogate. There's banks you can go and buy the embryo. They'll implant it into your wife, for example. Your wife becomes the surrogate of but she's not a surrogate. It's just your wife is pregnant with somebody else's embryo. Yeah, because uh, let's say, for example, you have a low sperm count. She has a low egg count. You right. can't get pregnant. Right. But, hey, right. this person just So you're having it. Joe's... You have the uterus for it, yes. but yes. you have the home space for it. Yes. <laughs> how, how, does, how does... I usually <laughs> say there's four options. Okay. So, so the four are you can either um, discard it. Remember, mm. these are just balls of cells unless placed properly into a perfectly primed uterus, they're not going to implant and grow. So it's not a fetus yet, right? Correct. But it does have 46 chromosomes, right? Okay. Um, The option two is you can donate it to typically like an IVF lab or an embryology lab that you've been working with or, or not. And it helps them optimize their fertility care for, you know, other patients in the sense of never to be transferred into any other human but maybe like a junior embryologist could learn better techniques, how to do biopsies or things like that. Mm-hmm. Option three is you can donate it to another, um, well, you donate it to a high level stem cell biology, crazy oversight. Oh my gosh, HIPAA compliant, um, you know, research institute just to learn more about human health, stem cell development. And then the last is you donate it to another person or couple. And oftentimes they treat it more like a, almost like an adoption agency where people get like, they have like a home study and things like right. that. So there you go. I feel like the people that are taking it in as, as far as a donation, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you'll probably know better than we will, but I think they'll, they take that, you know, embryo much more serious than anybody else would. Cause it's like, this is their last opportunity to possibly, you know, have, yeah, to have but, a child. But, before but how going- would you, just hypothetically speaking, as, as a, you're a father, you have two kids. Yeah. And let's say you had to go through this process and you had a third healthy embryo. I donated. But 
you donated, how would you process that thinking, I, okay, I'm helping who, another family have raising, a child. Who's raising my child now? I, I would look at it as I would look at it as uh me helping another family bring another human being into this world. How about you? I would say the same, man. Yeah. yeah. Because look like at that. it this way, man. Those people again, the people that are going to a specialist, to a doctor, to have a child, those people want to have a kid. They're ready to have a kid. And I'll guarantee you this, man. Uh, you know, becoming a parent is a big responsibility. And the fact that they're going above and beyond to be to become those parents, you bet your ass they're going to be responsible people. They're Especially, not irresponsible people. Well, they're just people that are having kids without wanting to have kids and they're not taking care of their kids. And right. then there's people that are spending a lot of thousands time, of dollars, time, money and energy some of these relationships will end if this uh, baby doesn't come into the life, right? I, a, lot, a lot of relationships yeah. do crumple because yeah, of, of this. course. Because so, I mean, yeah, but this what, goes what, back. What's your experience as far as like, because you said it's very similar to adopting a a, a child, right? Now, does that does that embryo once he or she's grown up end up? looking for the biological parents like most adopted children do or is there any ties between the biological parents and what's what's typically it's a great question so there are different groups do it different ways some of them are more faith-based right where they really want to get in there they want to have your sense of what's your spirituality what's so that the people who donated it they'll learn more about where the embryos are going others are going to be a little more transactional where they may be, we just want to help you add to your family and here's the ethnic background and this sort of thing. But the egg and sperm sources don't really want anything to do with you or to know about you. Um, But here's like a little packet about their story and things like that. Now, guys, one thing I'll tell you with egg donation, sperm donation, none of us, I mean, even with facial recognition software on our darn phones and things like that, that none of us are totally anonymous anymore, right? Especially with 23andMe, Ancestry.com. Yeah. So there are ways where people can be, you know, of course, found out and things yeah. like that. And you have to sort of figure out what works for you. Also, by the way, two spouses, best friends, right? They're married. They've, you know, taken all these extra steps. They may have a slightly different view on the four different things to do. And they may still be a rock star couple and they love each other and they're good, but they may be like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. You know, like some people want to be buried. Some people want to be cremated. I mean, it's, you know, we're humans. humans. Now, as far as with surrogate goes, with surrogate, the only option is IVF or also IUI. So old school traditional surrogate. So it's a traditional surrogate. That's where... Well, let me talk about the more common one first. How about I do so, this? Some of our viewers would just prefer actual intercourse, even if it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Please remember, every your fertile 10-day window, four to five episodes, oh, there you, you can do it. There we go. Yeah, Right, John? <laughs> we have a John who's an avid Who's listener. an avid listener. Avid. I love it. Yeah. All the devil. Some, some, um, co- some cocktails. And- <laughs> Without Honey, what are you doing? Hey, it's the surrogate. I'm not cheating on you. <laughs> so the, the, the more common way is you do IVF, you create an embryo, and it's officially called a gestational carrier. It's a very transactional term, so no one 
Well, what's it called again? A gestational carrier? Gestational, wow. There you go. I, Shit. So they literally will carry the embryo. So, so they have to go through the whole hormonal treatments and the artificial cycle. Yeah, but, you know, doing an embryo transfer cycle, you're giving a little bit of natural estrogen, natural progesterone, and you're synchronizing and building the lining. And then you glide or implant an embryo on a very precise given day. Mm. So um, there definitely are injections that are involved and things like that. But sometimes we use oral protocol. There's different protocols. Even sometimes people do natural implantation cycles. Um, So that's a typical. When you think surrogate, that's most often what you're doing. The eggs and sperm come from someone else. And then you glide an embryo into the gestational carrier, gestational surrogate. But the old traditional surrogate was the surrogate, the woman's eggs and the woman's uterus. And you can imagine legally that becomes very, a little more complicated because it is her eggs. So of course in America, you're allowed to do in certain States more than others. Certain States have different laws than others. And you have to always abide by the law, the, the area, um, you can do surrogacy, but there's a lot of oversight with the federal government and things mm. like that. So you got to do it properly. Wow. It's like, you guys have seen the show Friends, right? Yeah. Remember when Phoebe, Phoebe. Phoebe carries her brother's and brother's <laughs> wife's kids and they end up being triplets? And she was yeah. basically the surrogate. It was her... It was her brother. It was her brother's. Did fur. she end up keeping one or no? No, no, no. She wanted to keep one of them, but then you know she gave all three of them. But you know, it was the funny part of that show was when she would announce everybody, "I'm gonna have my brother's kids." Everybody looks around like, "What the <laughs> hell's going on? <laughs> Something's wrong here." Uh, we had a question about what your views and thoughts are on HRT for menopause, perimenopause symptoms. Yeah. So this, um, so hormone replacement therapy, or now they just call it hormone therapy. Because, um, and typically for women, what we're talking about giving is natural estrogen and natural progesterone, especially if you have a uterus. You can't just give only estrogen. Um, The short answer is you want to give it to the right person. You do best if you give it when women are right around the perimenopause years. So say 45 to 51, 52, 53 um, in a woman that has low risk for, let's say, stroke or for a blood clot or, um, or cardiovascular disease. Um, because, and you also, the route and the forms of estrogen you give, you want to choose it appropriately. So you don't like stir up the liver. So you're going to make all these clotting factors. But what they're seeing is that for sure you'll have less hot flashes, less vaginal dryness, arguably better sleep, better intercourse. And, you know, women in their high 40s, young 50s, oh, my gosh, they're so important for not only families' lives, but for our GDP, right? Many women are working. They're taking care of their children. They're taking care of their parents. So if they're not sleeping and they have all these other issues like hormone therapy in the right person for the, the lowest effective dose for the shortest period of time is honestly can really be a good thing. But definitely, let's say a woman has a risk for breast cancer or stroke or things, uh, maybe not a great candidate. How about tying the fallopian tubes? Is that a benefit or does that cause harm to women? Mm, So depends. So there actually can be benefit in terms of, let's say a woman has endometriosis. There have been studies that have shown that removing or clipping or tying the tubes can be beneficial for 
slightly decreasing the risk of ovarian or peritoneal cancer. Um, now that being said, there are some risks of surgery though, like tubal ligation is remember it's surgery, it's abdominal surgery. So then you can, you have to make sure you're working with a good surgical team where you don't yeah. get into the bowel, you don't get into the bladder, you know, things like that. So, and sometimes people do have, you know, discomfort after a tubal ligation. Definitely talk to the doctor. Like that's done more often by the general OBGYN. So, I mean, in essence, I mean, it would be better for, you know, a married couple the, for the male to get a vasectomy rather than the woman tire fallopian tubes. Typically, oh. if you're going to have a surgical um, intervention, that's, you know, the uh, safer way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Now, that being said, a lot of women will get IUDs. A lot of OBGYNs, when they're done with their uh, family building, they'll just place a little device into the uterus, an inner <coughs> uterine device, IUD, and then they're good to go. And how long does that last? Though? 10 years? So it de depends on the one you use, depends if it has hormone therapy or not. There's some that have um, progesterone or, mm. or other things, but um, anywhere from three to, yeah, the copper is, would last over five years. So Copper? Yeah. Yeah. Old you, school. Yeah, it works. It works nicely. Copper. 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 It's not galvanized. Justin, copper. Go, copper prices are through the roof, so maybe <laughs> you should go. Venorio would be the perfect person to ask this question from Nina. Does, do you believe life starts at conception? You would be the Ooh. perfect person to ask. This so, so life is, um, uh, you know, we're so blessed to live on this earth and to, to have life, right? And, but it's also very much important to have reproductive rights. So when you're, um, uh, when you're pregnant, you're, you know, you have a growing embryo inside you. And, um, in terms of, you know, when exactly life starts, I think a lot of people have different views on it. Um, you know, as far as advanced reproductive care, like these embryos, most reproductive endocrinologists feel that they're a ball of cells, right? They are fertilized eggs and sperm, but they haven't implanted into a uterus. Um, you know, people get really particular about, is there a heartbeat? Is there not a heartbeat? A heartbeat by the way, happens in humans. Most, you know, favorable embryos have heartbeats by six, seven weeks. If there's no heartbeat by seven weeks, um, oftentimes that doesn't result in a healthy live yeah. birth. So then you would say life starts when? At six weeks? Or heartbeat? When the heartbeat starts? Or? So, but, but remember the six, Scientifically seven spoken. Guys, I'm a humble reproductive endocrinologist, right? But um, not a theologist, right? Yes. Right. But let's say that seven-week embryo where you're able to it deliver, right? It couldn't survive outside the womb, right? So then you get into the whole issue of when. Can yeah, but an that doesn't make sense, Doc. Even an eight-month pregnancy wouldn't survive outside the uh, body if someone wasn't taking care of it. So. That doesn't make much. Or even full term. Ed, full term. Edgar yeah, wouldn't survive that. even yeah. now. I full term. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throw me in the streets. Like, <laughs> I mean, you need uh, some milk. Like <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be eating 7-Eleven. I mean, I don't want to wanna sound like. So, so that's, you know, we all know these are the talking points, right? It is. It, it's uh, a controversial my, my question, topic. It is. But my yeah. question was, where do you stand on it? Like for you, at what point is a. A fetus viable and when do you call it life yeah so that's the viability to your thing. own understanding and of it remember even i brought up some you know really particular things i sort of talked about how do you handle the 
excess embryos, right? Mm-hmm. Even my spouse and I, who like, honestly, we're really good. Like she's awesome. She's my best friend and she's a, a big part of me. And uh, we might have slightly different views on things, right? That's fine. But, um, but in terms of when life starts, I think it's very unique to each person. For me, I think that I'm a women's health provider, right? And if you aren't able to have control of your body, you lose a lot of control of just health in general and things like that. So I think a lot of it is viability, right? That's you. You brought up the word viability. Yeah, yeah. So, but viability. Look, if you ask me, Generation Z is their twenties. They're still not viable. But that's and most that's his of, opinion, mo- most see? of millennials are still not viable. I mean, these guys. It's a 50-50 coin flip with yeah, millennials. If, if the parents didn't handhold, these guys would probably get hit by a car like a squirrel. I mean, that's yeah. so. W- the term viable is very vague. We're talking about more so. Like they, there has to be some literature saying, okay, you're going to medical school at six weeks or at two weeks, at 12 weeks, that's when life is officially where you have... Began. Yeah, that's that's where it starts, isn't the there? The cycle such- has begun, in the sense. Throughout America, I mean, I'm sure you guys are aware of this. There's a lot of, you know, with the, with Dobbs, with the the, the changing of, of uh, Roe v. Wade, right. um, that different states have different views on a lot of these subjects, right? So like abortion laws. Right, abortion which- laws, even... It's unfortunately really going to impact, you know, in Italy, in the old days, they um, could only fertilize a certain number of eggs, right? They could only fertilize. Yeah. So it's very heavy socialized medicine. And in in Europe, like the Americans are just better at IVF. Not to say that there's not. Maybe um, because socialism hasn't arrived yet. Could that be the reason? In America, we have this hybrid of like, Capitalism, socialism, just trying to drive high-level success rates. That's well, very well said, With Doc. oversight and regulation, yeah. right? You got to screen all these eggs and sperm if you want to put it in a surrogate in an FDA-accredited lab for hepatitis, syphilis, HIV, um, and all these other specialized, you know, infectious disease screening. She has to have psychological assessment, legal assessment. It's like, it's a thing, you know? It's a process. So, um, so I think... You don't want to, you want to allow these poor people who've struggled and struggled with fertility to have their maximal success rates. And if you're only allowing a certain number of eggs to be fertilized, you're going to lower your success rates majorly. So instead of having a success rate of say implantation rate of 65%, your or overall success rates, you know, in the seventies, you're going to have, you know, 20% live birth rate or things like that. And then that's, you know, that's, really limiting access to care and you know dr norian do you keep count as far as percentages for your success rate without a doubt oh my god do we, you do we, that right because like we, just my, our within lab yourself. does that with yeah it's what drives me that's what you know, makes me tick i'm like so proud of our success rates and our team and in a, in a please big, tell us a little bit more about your team as far as how many people in each office you're running and what kind of operation it takes for you to make this happen Sure. So I, I have two offices. I'm based in Pasadena. Uh, that's also where we have our embryology lab, our surgical center. I'm with HRC Fertility, uh, a large uh, fertility only um, medical group or practice. 
And I also have a office, a satellite office in a bedroom community in Rancho Cucamonga, which is a little bit east of, um, of Pasadena. And we have a team, I have a team of four IVF um, or IUI clinical coordinators. So they will really walk you through, okay, have you had all the labs done? Have you had your sperm analysis, your tubal check, things like that. They'll help facilitate getting that done. We also have our financial coordinator who will talk to people about cost and insurance. You know, more and more certain companies are actually covering fertility services, which is wonderful. We have phlebotomists, we have um, receptionists, and then of course we have all the scientists in the embryology lab. And um, yeah, our labs are accredited. We have high level, you know, labs that are inspected by a variety of groups. So my team itself, it's sort of hard to give you an exact number, but say 10-ish, but plus ooh, a whole background of other people. Stuff, yeah. yeah. How, many, how, many, how many procedures do you guys go through like annually? Ooh, so as a clinic or as a like Team Norian? As Team Norian. Team Norian, yeah. yeah. Team Norian. So we're it's, a, pro- it's a realtor question because they love to know how many escrows you close. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's sort of the same kind of question. And he's, and he's going to ask you, do you get a bottle of cognac or something when the nice baby, bottle of scotch yeah. <laughs> when the no, I'm just, I think what Dr. Norian gets is way more than yeah. just the bottle no, I'm, I'm just curious as far as the only reason why I ask is I, I want I would like to know as far as obviously not just for me but obviously people that are going to be viewing this and listening to this you know the number of procedures that you guys go through and what is the success rate as far as you know being able to you know have the mother deliver a healthy baby <clears throat> Right. No, it's good. And this really gets to like, what procedure are you choosing? Right. Remember insemination is great. If you're the right candidate, awesome. IUI. Yeah. But IUI in my most favorable patients is going to be 10 to 15% effective per treatment cycle. So if you do three of those, it's the cumulative pregnancy rate is going to be about anywhere from 25 to 35, maybe rounding up to 40%. So most people, if, you, if you're a good candidate, you're not pregnant after three IUIs, then people start moving to in vitro, right? In the old days, we used to do six IUIs. But um, in terms of IVF, um, you know, oftentimes are you doing egg freezing where you just retrieve eggs and then you snap freeze them or vitrify them? Um, or are you creating embryos? So, you know, there's other fr- procedures that we do besides... Um, you know, just IVF or IUI, but, um, gosh, I just feel blessed to be busy. Um, right. and you know, we're definitely, um, you know, I, I feel lucky to be providing high level fertility care, high level, high touch fertility care. And I, you know, I'm, I'm the type of doctor I sort of narrate as I go. So I'll describe, here's your uterus, here are the ovaries. You can see how it's increasing in size, even with pregnancy, you know, here's the heartbeat and yeah. you know, things like that. So now, is it true that a female has the most eggs when it's, is it when it's an embryo or a fetus? So when it's in utero, so females will have the most number of primordial oocytes, which is like such a weird word, but when they're 20 weeks pregnant inside their mom, so they'll have anywhere from like, so the fetus, four to the, fe- so the fetus, yep. Okay. At 20 weeks old has, 20 has weeks eggs in already. Yeah. Yeah, the, has most, eggs. the most will ever have. Exactly. Now, does that does that mean, or is it even possible, to extract those eggs? 
No, not in you. No, because then you're going to lose the fetus, of course. Well, you're going into yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. very weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but at birth, at birth, <laughs> women have about one million. Guy. How many? <laughs> one million. <laughs> one million. At puberty, so most women, girls this will go through puberty <laughs> around. That's okay. It's, there's a lot of terminology. A, what I'm asking a question, I want to know. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, though, Ed? Wait, think what, about what's it. What's so funny bro. about that? I'm curious. You're talking about taking eggs out of the fetus. Yeah, because it's there. Of course it's there. Is they that, are that doing fetus... fetal surgery now. Just but that's Is that a for stupid like a... question, Dude, I've, I've, I've heard it's of... It's a little it's out board, there. It's, it's borderline very... stupid. Okay. Yeah, it's getting right. close. But, but wait. I've... It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, After 231 <laughs> episodes, I'm borderline stupid. That's <laughs> good. To tell you, yeah. more and more, believe it or not, they're doing fetal surgery in utero. So if a, like an aortic you know, malformation, believe it or not, doctors can actually correct that in utero or like an open abdomen. You know, there's different things, please. Yeah, don't look at me. I'm stupid. Look at me. <laughs> no, you know more about this than I do. <laughs> There's no it's shit. Just, the, so what I to, did. Talking about taking legs out of a fetus. I was, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, that's just wrong. That's all it was. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just asking a question. We're going to get to a lot of wrongs. Don't of worry. Of course, we'll get to the wrong. Because yeah. I, 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 I know there's I, there's been articles that, you know, in stories I've read and seen on, you know, social media and on YouTube and all this stuff where, you know, there's been surgeries done you know on fetuses absolutely which yeah. is like when you when you think about it it just kind of blows your mind you're like holy crap you know this 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 child isn't hasn't even entered the you know the world yet and there's actual like surgeries being done yeah, yeah. here at, at chla it's a leading center children's hospital los angeles chops children's hospital philadelphia I mean, you need a real big, big team doing this sort of stuff. And, you know, it's a whole another, it's, it's, you know, pediatric surgery. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, birth, 100, 1 million eggs, puberty, 400,000. And then when women are around 50, 51, about a thousand eggs typically are left. These are sort of ballpark numbers. And then over their lifetime, they'll work through not only the quantity of eggs, but as the years go on, the quality will the quality, change. Yeah. We had a question from uh, Jess earlier about what do you think of, what are your thoughts on puberty blockers? Because we mentioned Lupron earlier. You mm. said that's part of the treatment when it comes to IVF. But overall, because we're hearing more and more about puberty blockers and, you know, all these gender dysphoria and all that stuff. What, what were your thoughts on puberty blockers? Yeah, so that's where... Um we talk about, you know, LGBTQ, especially transgender health, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, I'm most focused on reproductive endocrinology, helping people add to their families. But of course, this is an area that I'm aware of. Um, so the being, let's say, a trans male, right? So you're biologically female, you got female parts, and then you want to start taking male hormones. Mm -hmm. Um uh as a way to not or to block puberty right so you don't develop breasts and and you don't feminize mm -hmm. right so the idea of um they, they use puberty blockers to sort of delay puberty the the issue that can come up in these biological females is that they may want to have children in the future right so then the idea of do you want to stimulate their ovaries at some point 
And in order to do IVF well, usually you need an ultrasound wand and some of these girls haven't, or trans men, excuse me, haven't even, you know, are, are really not that familiar with that part of their body, you know, placing a tampon or anything like that. So doing that is definitely more of a process. So you have to do what sort of works for that person and, um, and, and that sort of thing. So it's uh, something that people use um, for transgender healthcare. Um, and, and I will very much help people freeze eggs before they start androgens and or male hormones. But this as, typically before puberty, which is how are you going to you're going to freeze the eggs at, let's say, 11. So or? not not that as much. I'll usually do it when people sort of figure it out, I guess you might say that they're it's for the ones that start. They figure shit out late. Is that what you're pretty much trying to say? Um, so it's, let's say a person who, uh, was raised female, but then gets into her twenties or, uh, he gets into, you know, thirties and then figures out that he, uh, identifies more as male before he would start taking androgens. You can do an egg retrieval cycle and retrieve eggs and then help that person. Oh, at that have, age. Nice. Right. Exactly. The younger stuff <laughs> is very ethically, you need a whole team. You need a psychologist. You need a whole you know, endocrinologist and, and things like that. So usually I'm not taking care of, uh, I take care of adults primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad to hear that. I think, I think if any doctor were to do procedures on a minor, as far as retrieving eggs and puberty blockers and hormonal treatment and testosterone treatment, I, I personally don't think that person should be a doctor. I yeah, mean, it's, it's, um, you went through medical school. I don't think there was any sort of, you know, <laughs> procedures or anything as far as uh, anatomy that talked about, you know, blocking a child's, you know, hormones growth or growth or having, you know, you know, things injected into them that biologically shouldn't be injected into them. Yeah. When they're at such a young age, one thing I, I do, this is a concept I'd love to just sort of share a little bit with you guys and actually get your thoughts on this. Sure. So the idea is that when we're pregnant now, just living in the modern age, mm -hmm. that we're all, we were talking about endocrine disruptors, eating healthy and things like that. Right. But when we're chronically exposed to these, let's say, fragrances, right? You know, um, what is it? Febreze, right? Air, air softeners, um, fresheners. That These have phthalates in them. A lot of pesticides, believe it or not. Farm workers who are exposed to a lot of pesticides, they're, um, they have um, definitely big hormonal disturbances. Their uh, endocrine system is disrupted. Their sperm is much lower. They don't move as well. Um, and when, a, let's say, a female farm worker is exposed to a lot of this, their offspring are their anal genital distance. So they're less uh, female. The females are less female and the males are less male. Would you say anal degenerates? So that one of the ways you can measure, you get an idea of like a fetus, like the level of like, how, let's say, how male or how female a female is. What do you mean, is. how male, how female? So, is this pre-birth we're talking? Yeah, pre-birth, or okay. at birth, at birth. At birth? Yep. 
So, so at birth, you need to measure something to tell if it's a male or a female? No, you don't need to. It's very, I'm, very obvious, Doc. I'm well, not a well, let, let's see what he's well, getting that's to. That's what I'm sort of getting to. It's, it's a good... Uh, Ed, Ed is very black and white. Penis, boy, <laughs> vagina, girl. Yeah, he watched that's a movie it. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right? Right? <laughs> Boys cop. have penises and girls have vaginas. Yeah. yeah. So and the dad's a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> so the distance from, you know, different parts of the body, the anus to the genitalia is shortened in people who've been exposed to phthalates or PCBs or different toxins. Really? So arguably people who identify as trans, there's biological plausibility to why they, they were exposed to these chemical disruptors in utero. And so there, it's not just that society in, is, quote, unquote, more accepting, less accepting, whatever. There's like some biological cause to it. Okay. Oh, you're talking about oh, you're talking about farm workers, though. No, I'm also talking about, let's say you use Febreze every single every day. A lot of fragrances. He's referring like to the distance BPA, between right? the tailbone and well, no, the anal to the to the, the base scrotum, of the scrotum or the vagina. Because I, because I know as far as skeletal wise, a human skeleton, the female skeleton and the male skeleton, there's a very big difference, especially in the hips. Mm -hmm. The woman's skeleton has the larger hips, the cervix. Yeah. Well, we said I said skeleton. I said skeleton. Okay. I thought you were doing an X-ray. No, the the tail, the tailbone, the tailbone is (laughs) the tailbone is shorter. The pelvis is more, uh, basically. Facing is facing more towards the front, basically for protection of, of the fetus. I don't think it's gotten to bony changes. I think it's more soft tissue changes and hormonal changes. Yeah, but I mean, so, soft tissue changes. I mean, th- does that really the soft tissue changes really affect somebody thinking that, you know, what I might be male or I might my, be female? Doc, I'm gonna be honest with you. My very small view of things on this is. I highly doubt that the spacing has something to do with a human being developing uh, mental dysphoria later in life. Gender, that's ma'am for you. Well, gender, gender dysphoria. dysphoria. Okay, gender dysphoria, which was a disease for a very long time, right? Ironically, at the same time, we had uh, uh, insane asylums in this country that was considered a disease. Right. True. What I'm just what I'm just sort of they bringing play up hand is in hand in a sense. when you look at levels of and like hormone levels that there's a little more to the story, and a, a lot of it I think a lot of people are feeling it's um, exposure to different things. But but you're absolutely right. There's um there's uh I mean trans health is complicated, and I it is it's um and I think uh, you have to. Um, you know, people have people navigate it in different ways. I was just trying to describe a little bit of the steroid biology. So if we bit, if we so. took what's what's was his name? Mulaney? Oh, oh the, the Budweiser the, chick. The Bud, Bud Light Bud Light chick. chick. Oh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Mulaney. So if we if we took Dylan Mulaney, flipped Genitals? flipped him around and measured from the butthole to the scrotum, it should be shorter than technically because I mean, you can't say that. Why? Well, you don't know what kind of environment uh, Delaney or whatever his, Dylan. his Dylan. Dylan, what kind of environment Dylan was? What if he was raised on a farm and didn't have any Febreze in his face till he was nineteen? I then still he realized he could take distance. advantage of it. I still want to measure the distance. You just want to measure his distance with a, with a tape measure or. <laughs> 
teeth with a ruler. <laughs> no, like this. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a disgusting Crazy. child. It's it's a it's again this is it's a it's a very controversial, very touchy subject. Uh, the three of us have had this discussion multiple times as far as gender dysphoria is concerned and how it should be treated. Uh, you know, again, you guys can correct me if, if uh, you know, if I'm speaking on their You're behalf. Wrong. But there you go. No, if I'm speaking <laughs> on their behalf, but uh, we're we're totally against the self mutilation of any human being. of any human being any reproductive organ, uh, anything that has to do with cutting certain parts off or adding certain parts on. Minors if, only. As far as long as you're an adult, do what you want to. Well, so. yeah. If it's if you're an adult and you want to self mutilate or do whatever you want to do, life. by all means, by do whatever you want. But you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the the press, the media, and you know, just the overall message has been maybe blown too much out of proportion as far as what's going on in not only the United States, but across the world. Uh, you know, if you want to identify as a male and continue to be male and you want to identify as a female and, uh, or you want to identify as female, but continue to be, you know, a female, but not self mutilate by all means, go do it, do, do it in your backyard, go do it in your house, do whatever you want. But as far as pushing it down, you know, kids' throats and the media and our throats and telling us this is how I have to identify and all this pronoun talk. And, you know, it, it, that's what's kind of, you know, pushing things over the edge a little bit. Yeah, I can see it. I, I, um, I mean, remember, not only being a reproductive endocrinologist, I'm a human in our society. And it's um, things have just changed so much over recent years. And finding what is accepting to you and your family and your own personal beliefs, I think is so tantamount. Yeah. So important. See, we've had, we've had, we've had guests on the show who are, you know, who are gay, who are a gay couple. And, you know, today they have a child. They have so a son. They have a son. So for us, it's like, you know what, they're creating their family. It's, you know, for, by all means, you know what, go ahead and create your, create your family. Uh, if you're a lesbian couple, have your kids, you know, raise your family, you know, the way you want to raise your family. Uh, the thing that bothers us the most is when surgery gets involved, when puberty Double blockers mastectomy, get involved. Double mastectomy, castrating. See, that's when, that's what, see, I'm sure you have, I'm sure you have patients where, you know, they're a gay couple or a lesbian couple and you're helping them, you know, bring in a human being and a, and a family, they're, they're growing a family. By all means, no problem. We're not against that. We're not against that at all. But it's it's that it's that the, when the surgeries get involved and then again vasectomy the the double vasectomies and the mastectomies. mastectomies and the puberty blockers and the uh, testosterone t- treatments that's when things get out of hand. It's like, dude, what are you doing to basic it's biology? It's not just out of hand. What they're doing is these people are going to become future mental health patients. Almost all of them, guaranteed. I mean, anybody can disagree with me. I, I'd love for them to scientifically prove it. Prove the, what? Because when you when you fuck with the hormones, you're eventually to that extent. You're eventually going to become a mental health patient, hundred percent. Maybe that's what the system's looking for. Could that be the sure, answer to it? All? Possibly, but there's no there's no light at the end of the tunnel as far as unless you're a grown adult and you've made a conscious decision because you've already lived one one segment of your life and you've made that conscious decision, then that's possibly different. But I still think those treatments, bro, 
simple thing. Bodybuilders, right? These guys take heavy steroids. Ask their loved ones if their personality changes. Oh, roid rage. You know, a lot of different issues. So imagine if a 13, 14, 15-year-old kid starts on these hormone treatments and now they got to take it for life. These guys are going to become mental patients. See, oh, that's what concerns me is, is the reversing of this process. As far as like, you know, you, you know, you mentioned females that want to transition to male, for example. They start taking estrogen blockers. They start taking testosterone. You know, what are the consequences when reversing back to, you know, if they want to transition back to what they want to transition back to? Is it completely possible, Doc? So it... It, uh, of course, it depends, like, how much do they take? How long were they exposed to different hormones? Um, and if you can have reversal of it. And, of course, if you did surgery, you did surgery. If you're castrated and you don't have ovaries, we can't create new ovaries, right? Um, and, you know, being on long-term androgens, we see it with guys who are on, you know, androgens, maybe for bodybuilding, maybe yeah. someone at their gym, who knows. If they've been on it for, you know, years you know, fertility urologists, even doctors like me will try to jumpstart the system with a little bit of HCG, which is LH sort of trying to get the pituitary going again, um, or the testicles that is, and they'll use Clomid, they'll use anastrozole, other compounds to sort of trick the testicles into working again. And even in that situation, it doesn't always come back. So then let's say you had like a 13, 15 year old who was doing the stuff you were just mentioning and on it for five, 10 years, some people, the ovarian function will come back. Some people it more likely may not, you know, it's, it's hard to know. And it, it's really going to be dosage dependent. And, you know, if there's any surgery involved. So, I mean, are there side effects to taking this? I mean, you have a female taking testosterone and estrogen blockers. What are, I mean, is it fairly new to find out if there are some sort of side effects to it? Because, you know, how long have we been studying these things? Have we been studying these things? So, um, you guys, I'm not a transgender health No, expert, no, no, no. So <laughs> please, uh, please, uh, let me just say that. Um, Wait, that, uh, not, not to put you so on the spot, is, doctor. Is there specifically a doctor like that? Transgender yeah, Doctor? endocrinologists, yeah. Endocrinologists what? who focus on trans health. Well, endocrinologists, you know, it's a hormone doctor, like, right? Yeah. So, so they so. do like thyroid, diabetes, typically some nice. growth hormone, acromegaly, things like that. But then some will focus more on this space. Um, yeah. uh, Jake, thanks for your uh, <clears throat> super chat earlier. You had two super chats, so I'm going to get to your questions. Um, and it's kind of going to refer back to, I remember you had, posted something about an expo you went to in San Francisco about uh, men getting pregnant, and he was asking about that. What exactly was that expo? Was it about surrogacy, or was it about men actually getting pregnant? So, yeah, the conference, it's actually, believe it or not, for gay men or single men who would like to have a biological child, they can use assisted reproductive technologies to help them. Which is so, what? Which is basically doing IVF with an egg donor, and typically they will select a donor that's been pre-screened or, you know, had a whole battery of tests. So you still um, need a woman. You, you still need a woman. You need eggs. Okay. You need sperm. Ideally that person's sperm. Yeah. You need and a uterus to grow. the. Then you, you need a uterus. Okay. You need a surrogate. Yeah. Now so. out of how many people do we have on earth? 8.2 billion. 
Uh, is it that much? I, I know it's over yeah, six million. Eight, eight, no, it's Approximately. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. Have any of the 8.2 billion people been born from a man, in your opinion? Not born from a man. No, no. you need a your you need a you uterus. need a uterus. Okay, does that answer your question, Jake? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, you can't get pregnant as much as you can't do it. They are doing uterine transplantations though, which and is that's, so that's wait. Um, so you can right, you can donate a kidney, right? You can donate a part of a liver. You can donate. Still this, not going to you know, be in a corner. man. A woman to a woman. It's like woman to woman. Yeah. Okay. okay. Correct. All right. Good. Jesus. Scaring us there, doctor. I was going to say, all, know, my, all my years of medical school, you're about to. It's not commonly done. There's only a few centers in the U.S. where people are doing it yeah. and things like that. I mean, that's, that's a hell of a surgery. I mean, you're talking about uh, probably one of the most delicate parts of a female being transplanted into another female. Right. Well, it's, it's no, no different than... Doing kidney transplant or liver transplant, that just think. The, just the serious or a heart transplant. You think those are like all right? No, the fact that the, the fact that there is, you know, it, it carries potentially another human being inside of it. Right, I but, feel like but it's you're just, taking one from an existing. You're not creating one. No, from I, know, scratch, I know, I know, right? Just, so I, you just I, have I, to just plug the USB drives and. Of course, yeah. Make sure there's power connected, right? Yeah, <laughs> power's connected. In. You can, the fuse uh, box is working. Yeah. Absolutely. Jake had another question with his super chat. Thank you, Jake. Jake's on a roll, man. You guys Seriously. follow Jake sometimes. Huh? The guy's always super Damn. chatting. You guys are just arguing there without chatting any, with yourselves. Yeah, chatting without any with donations. He says, um, in I've familiar Mediterranean fever. I, I think he, well, he's referring to FMF. I wonder if it's possible to get rid of the damaged. MEFV gene from the sperm. Oh, so, so he, I think, is alluding to: Can we do, let's say, CRISPR technology so that he can avoid, yes, you know, passing to this screen on to out himself to screen out no? FMF maybe for his future to, for kids? your future, yeah. kids. future kids because it's genetic, so, right? Yeah. FMF. So that's what we do. We call this PGTM. So we do, remember where I was talking about, we create these beautiful embryos. We take, yeah. you know, five, six, seven, eight cells from them. We extract the DNA. Instead of just looking for the chromosomes, the number of chromosomes, so if it's Down syndrome, Turner syndrome, things like that, we can also use extra techniques where we develop these probes and they can probe for unique genes. And then you want to know the inheritance. Is it recessive or is it dominant oh. um also does his partner carry the gene you know what's the likelihood that the child's going to have this so for sure we do this so cystic fibrosis really common northern europeans one in 20 of them carry the silent mutation one in 20 or wow. one in 22 i think it is like that's, caucasian like oh, that's yeah. like four and a half percent that's pretty four points almost five percent so so yeah you we can use science to avoid passing on passing certain diseases on people with the breast cancer gene mutation, BRCA, there's different modes of inheritance. Many times it's dominant. So their child can have like Angelina Jolie, by the way, really interesting. I mean, she's a, a, a unique woman, let's say, but she wrote, she really rose awareness about yeah. BRCA, the breast cancer gene mutation. So you, I, I actually have a friend of mine who did that too. Yes. She had a double mastectomy because of that. Yeah, no, so she decreased the likelihood of her having breast cancer. 
probably, you know, potentially you want to talk to your doctor about should I remove my ovaries or not? But then what I was saying is that you can select the embryo so your daughter doesn't have as high a likelihood of having it. So like, for example, if you, if you were, if you have a dominant gene of, I don't know, for example, give me something genetic, uh, muscle muscle dystrophy or something. MS. Yeah. Or MS. MS, Would you be able to kind of cancel that gene out or is it something where it's still kind of a there you go so a few different things because we all mentioned a few different genes all at once so ms is more multifactorial there's not like a single point mutation what about like muscle dystrophy so that's like sma right diabetes so you can diabetes polygenic so that's you know very people are learning more and more about these different inheritance patterns of certain common diseases. Um, most good reproductive endocrinologists, IVF labs are not doing PGTP. The, the science is just not there. And to be fair, there's a lot, a lot of ethical issues around this. The ASRM, the American Society of Reproductive Medicine, has really tried to raise awareness about selecting because you may very well be selecting out like good portions of your population if you think you're selecting the right thing or not. And then a lot of the foundational work looking at these polymorphisms for diabetes or things just are on small groups of people of certain ethnic groups. And it's not translational to broader society. You know what all this reminds me of? Have you guys seen the movie Gattaca? Yeah. No. Exactly. no. Go watch the movie Gattaca. Gattaca. We got to go watch the movie Gattaca. These guys don't watch any movies. We'll movie. watch a movie and we won't remember what it was yeah, about. Exactly. I don't, Gattaca is basically Recently. about... Okay, it's about the future and it's about creating the perfect human being. And it's about kind of uh, going into space and uh, not only, you know, <clears throat> being able to uh, create the perfect human being, but continue to just basically uh, become multi-planet uh mm-hmm society so this one guy who had a brother who was the perfect when did you watch this i'm curious Ooh, gattaca probably maybe eight years ago nine years ago and you remember yeah. that detail yeah it's a great movie the one guy he's basically him he's born regular as far as mm-hmm. a natural human being mom and dad had and he was born mm-hmm. and his brother was genetically made but his brother was like this superhuman and he was prepared to go into space and have that whole uh, interplanet kind of communication and all that stuff. But he wasn't. But he wanted to. Yeah. And he had a heart condition where, you know, if he ran on a treadmill or if he, is, if he was exercising too hard, his heart would, you know, he would have like tachycardia, basically. Yeah. His heart would beat rapidly. Fast, yeah. So... <clears throat> Again, I don't want to get too much detailed into the movie, but just go watch it. Go watch it. He, guys. he he fakes his identity to become somebody else who was paralyzed, who was a perfect human being, in order to get into quote unquote the NASA at of Gattaca. Basically, it's it's a great movie. Go watch. So we're talking about fertility, doctor. On Netflix, I watched a documentary recently. Our father. It's about a fertility doctor out in Indiana. This man, you've heard about it, doctor? Oh, jeez, horrible. horrible human horrible. being. That guy needs this to. Is that guy needs to be the most insane documentary I've seen in a while. Our father, Not, our father. He needs he, to be. He so he's got sure. two kids with his wife, and then he's artificially inseminated ninety-four known patients that with he's the dad. With his own yeah. He's got. He's that's his. Those are his kids. Yeah, he needs to be. I'm sorry, man. Electric chair. 
electric now, chair. Now chill out, man. I don't know about electric chair, but there's something wrong right there. <laughs> yeah, that's where you have good high quality laboratories are getting inspected all the time. You're looking at records. You're this is early in the seventies, so yeah, it's not just, like in, in it's happening the heck today. Knows, he maybe thought he was doing a good thing. Yeah, th- did, that's you know? the thing is they're talking to him now, and he said he thought he's he was doing something good. He was he was he was mentally sick. That's what he was. And he was one of the most respected doctors in the area. Well, that's for those parents to judge, not for us. To well, judge. what of happened? Not. Well, you know what no. happened was when the kids, the kids got the, the kids, kids got older, judge. they looked at each other like, "Holy shit, they all look the same. We all look alike." And they went and did genetic so with testing. This genetic and testing, one comes out, two comes out, three, four, and it's just those going kids, insane. But those kids wouldn't have existed maybe without him, right? Without him, so, half so of them again, wouldn't exist. It's, it's there. Is it a good or a bad? That's what I'm. That's trying. up to. I, I, he said, to "Just me. put him in the electric chair." I mean, bro, you're talking. Me, you're like, talking. You just can't say wait, that. You're bro. talking about a husband and wife going right. to this doctor and saying, "We're trying to have a child," but and the doctor was, malpracticing. And instead of putting was the it father, a malpractice of course or was it, was. it 90 mal- plus. Or, or was it he checked the, the No, he was supposed to be. And there was no so sperm, so he decided to use him. If he did this now, it he'd would be in trouble. It would be shut down in a Big time. But like here's what he would do. If the dad didn't produce enough. That's what he I'm would, saying. That's what he okay. would tell the dad. Hey, you know, we have good students working in our program. We use the student's sperm. And that's where we get our sperm. And the dad but he was wasn't okay getting it. Yeah, the dad was okay with that. But he wasn't going to the student and getting that sperm. He just go you know, whack one Again, out in his office and yeah, there at, we go. At the end of the day, I think it's still those <laughs> okay, parents. Okay, go the, whack one out in the office. And the kids. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's, it's their place to make the call, not, not ours. Yeah, no, not at all. It wasn't. It wasn't. Pl- look. How about I watch it, it the dog? Yeah, you yeah, should watch it. Go watch Gattaca as well. Okay. But this, I'll watch Gattaca. The, the name Gattaca, you know, human code is G's, A's, T's, and C's. So we're, we're computer code is zeros and ones. So uh, there you go, Gattaca. Gattaca. It's quite the title, right? Yeah. Sabrina says, Dr. Norian is a wonderful doctor. My husband and I are uh, pregnant because of, him. because of him. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Congratulations. That's a story right I hope there. only you are pregnant, not your husband. <laughs> just want to make sure. Um, we and what was the other question I was gonna? Oh, Vic was asking uh, for a friend. What is that distance between the anus and the scrotum? <laughs> is it he's, half a teaser? So tonight. you it's standardized at birth, but then of course as humans grow, uh, he's forty-five. Oh, How old is it at forty-five? He's sitting in his house with a ruler in his ass. I'm sure there's a criteria. How tall he is, it's got to be. Hey, come up! You're gonna pass out. You can don't you know? Don't stay down there. There's blood rushing to his head. Hey, honey, bring the, uh, He's still the laser vision. <laughs> oh, we have characters as far as our viewers. So. Our viewers are very That's, smart people. Um, we had questions earlier about um, as far as, like, I mean, you don't deal with this much because you're, you're not delivering babies. But as far as C-section versus natural, um, our mother's able to make that choice unless obviously if it, the baby's in breech position or an emergency are they able to choose even if they can have naturally to have c-section because they don't want their you know uh 
pelvic floor <laughs> damage. They <laughs> yeah. want to have urinary yeah. continence yeah. Yeah. and things like that. Um, so it's definitely this is something to talk to your OBGYN about. But mine people have there. <laughs> <they're, they're just, laughs> you should talk to yours. It, what was your last pop here? <laughs> You know, I'm so, planning on doing that. Actually, well, of course, I'm, I'm going to get an appointment with the guy. It's called a colonoscopy. <laughs> no, I'm going to go to a gynecologist then. Ask, <laughs> Spread I, your legs. I, I, I'd like to uh, get a Pap smear, and if he says, "Look, you don't do this for men," then I'll say, "You see, guys, men can't get pregnant." <laughs> go ahead, Doc. so um, yeah. so with uh, you know elective C-section, right? Yes, Just elective, right off the yes. the bat. Um, you know, vaginal delivery for sure can be traumatic. It can be traumatic to the pelvic floor, to people who have birth trauma and things like that. So, and people have surgery for so many different reasons, whether it's cosmetic or whether, you know, so many people doing surgery for a variety of things. So there are, um, there are certain benefits of C-section. The problem is C-sections are more risky, right? People get more infections. It's, you know, significant, it's major abdominal <laughs> surgery. Um, even for me as a reproductive doctor, if people have had multiple C-sections, the wounds just don't heal as perfectly. They'll collect mucus behind the C-section incision. If you've had more than, you know, one, two, especially three, you're running more at risk for the C-section rupturing. So if you're planning on having more than, you know, a certain number of children, you, you have to be a little more cautious about that. It's and the timing yeah. too, right? You got to give your body more time to heal if you're gonna use. Yeah, C-section. correct. I mean, yeah, you're going through surgery, man. I mean, and, it's a and big scar, scars, bro. And it, I, you're right. I've that seen is C-section myself, man. That's that is scary to me. Yeah. I've seen C-section. Yeah. but you know, God, thank goodness they exist because you know sometimes the baby's just not coming out, or the baby's heart rate is really going down. You or, see, this goes yeah. back. This goes back to what I mentioned earlier in the show, as far as with our with our grandparents how many still stillborns were there or how many miscarriages were there because of you know lack of education as far as and lack of technology you know i'm sure if c-sections were around back then how many kids would have basically survived survived yeah, how many yeah. babies would have been saved that's definitely true or maternal issues because if you can't <clears throat> deliver let's say just it the baby's not coming out the baby passes away right around the time of delivery and then you've got a baby inside you that's becoming septic and is you know getting infected and then the mother is really yeah now you lose a you know this type of thing is happening right now mainly how women in the olden days that's probably how they would pass bro yeah high maternal mortality (laughs) oh yeah. yeah very high you know what you know what i was thinking about the other day we were having this discussion on a wednesday night i don't know how it came up but you and c-sections bro. no not c-section <laughs> about how um like if you think about it right one man and say 50 100 women can create a society basically full-on society but one woman and 50 men cannot yeah no you're right right you're right. Well, that's how. That's, how do you think? But so we're so men are useless, pretty much. If you think about it. no, seriously. I mean, one or two well, without or women, yes, twenty is good enough where you can pretty it's, much. It, no, it's you it's, can build the country, look, man. It's it's ten is enough. It's yeah. it's not only human nature, but it's nature in general. Why do you think that when you go to a farm, you have a bunch of cattle, right? Majority of them are cows, and then you have one bull. 
or you have a bunch of sheep and then you have the male sheep. It's it's like that. You have one. You watch Clarkson's. <laughs> How would you like the show? Did you like it? Yeah. Is it good? It was very relaxing. I know, uh, isn't it? I love it's fun. funny yeah. and it's, you should watch that. that. Way too much fun. Clarkson's Farm. I've actually seen Clarkson Farm. How did you like it? I absolutely loved it. Isn't it, was it hilarious. great? Yeah, I know. Was, I just enjoyed the man's I voice. I learned about farming. Right? I learned about, yeah. How they, they cut the uh, testes off of the... Uh, Young no, boys, no, he, he ties them. Yeah, the rubber band. Yeah, yeah, he goes. He goes. What do you mean you rubber band it? And he goes, Yeah. And then what happens? He goes. They Falls fall off. off. He goes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> for the bulls? No, yeah. for the no, for the sheep. For the sheep. For the sheep. Well, it's it's so that the brothers and sisters don't end up, you know, doing it. You got to watch it. It's it's. There's one more season coming out. Season three is coming out, so that's going to be an interesting one. Oh, man. You don't uh, want those offspring of the one though. in fifty. Procreating with each other, you yes. know, the yeah. desperate housewives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else we have. What else we before. got? Um, we'll t- we'll touch on the what's it called a uh, the uh, the artificial embryos or the artificial uh, uteruses, and then we'll call it a yeah. Well, let's let's address Jenny's comment. Jenny says, uh, Jenny. By the way, it's good to see you. Haven't seen you in a while. Um, it says no, you shouldn't. Men, male doctors, need to stop recommending preemptive hysterectomy. Nobody would do this to men. Stop tormenting women. Yeah, no. I the, the safest way to deliver is vaginally in many many situations. But you know, if there's issues, for sure, it's good we have abilities to get the baby out yeah. safely and things like that. Absolutely. Um, but you asked, you know, do people do elective C-sections? Yes, but people do. How's preemptive hysterectomy? Really yeah, I didn't to? understand that. I'm sorry. I think she's yeah, referring um, to removing the uterus, no? Isn't that hysterectomy? Yeah, that's a hysterectomy. Yeah, preemptive hysterectomy. Isn't... Yeah, no, I, um, it, like, let's say Angelina Jolie, right? Yeah. I, I did mention she has the breast cancer gene mutation, mm-hmm. and the idea of decreasing the likelihood of breast cancer, you remove the breast, and believe it or not, the BRCA2 also and BRCA1 put a woman at high risk for ovarian cancer. And treatment for ovarian cancer is very poor. So the idea of removing the ovaries and fallopian tubes, there's a role for that. But usually, believe it or not, you keep the uterus if you have BRCA1 or BRCA2. But this, again, talk to your oncologist, talk to your OBGYN. <laughs> not your OBGYN. But, uh, <laughs> their OBGYN. <laughs> their OBGYN. Her OBGYN. <laughs> well, I, I hope that answers your question Jenny. so let's 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 jump in is there anything else before i ask doc uh there's plenty of questions uh yeah but i mean again you know we try to get to as many as we I'm can glad, i'm glad we're you guys do a good job of you know getting uh, we, with yeah we, we try our we best try. so uh it takes away from the lot of the eye contact but it, it's it works out yeah. so you know <laughs> we we talked we talked about obviously off the air uh the artificial uterus has technology gotten there? Are there, what are the studies behind all of this? Cause obviously this is something where, you know, most people I'm sure will kind of uh, be pro it and some people will be against it. You know, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a toss up, but uh, you know, are, are we there? Are we there yet? Has it become something of a, you know, scientific breakthrough yet? Yeah, so, so people- sorry, before you answer that, let me address one more thing that Jenny said. Jenny said the potential complications from a vaginal delivery, please don't call it natural hormone, far outweigh the trauma of a C section. 
Well, well, that's if, what it is. Natu- if it's not natural, I mean, well, I, in, well, I think it it is as. Uh, how do well, hold on. Can we can difficult we do- as it is because it's natural? Wait, do- can we can we define the word natural before we get into what she's saying? <clears throat> what is human nature when a woman gets pregnant? What is the human nature? It's natural for the the child to come out of the vagina. That's what human it's not a vagina that's, that's at that how, moment but that's, a, that's it's how, a birth canal at that time that's how that's how the human body or the female body was created i mean that's that's what it was for i mean All right doc it's a birth canal at that moment right and not, it, jenny's still single the by vagina. the way guys Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i miss that <laughs> no no you just you just okay. uh, say? you want to call me out i'm gonna call you <laughs> 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 he said, said Jenny's still single, by the way. <laughs> because she says, you guys think you guys choose your mate, we do. Okay, yeah, yeah. of course. Well, maybe do they do. <clears throat> yeah, they I do. mean, I guess every person has a saying there. People spend four years in residency learning the nuances of obstetrics, gynecology, delivering a person, and even nurse midwives who can be very adept with vaginal deliveries yeah. and things like that. You, you just need to know the right patient. How big is the fetus? What is the, you were talking about the, the bony skeleton of the pelvis. Like what is the birth canal? How wide is it? And that's where just working with good teams of people to really will minimize and decrease complications. So um, I, I, I hope I, you know, I, I think you got to do the right thing for the right person and yeah. you need a good team to sort of help out with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Sorry. To interrupt. Sorry, Jenny. That, that, that was too, too tempting as far as, you know, I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, okay, we were, we were talking about uh, artificial uteruses. Yeah. Uh, you so mentioned it off womb. the pod. Or yeah. artificial womb. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so. Because ureters seems to offend people for some reason. <laughs> there you go. The, the vessel that's con- uh, carrying the uh, the embryo, the fetus, yes. however, whatever yes. term you want to use, <laughs> call it contraption. Yeah, <laughs> as men, we're not allowed to use these terms. By the way, I usually call it the uterus. I think uterus is good. Is the more good? colloquial let's, let's term uterus. is uterus. Is that okay, guys? For today, can we use uterus? Is that all right, Jordan? Uh, well, I mean, okay. the doctor says uterus. The man that okay. went to medical school, does this for a living, is saying uterus. So I'm going to call it uterus. I'm going to respect the doctor. So the yeah, uterus, so the artificial good. uterus. So the technology, the the long and short is the technology, people have been looking at this for years, for decades, Um, getting a fetus to grow from a single cell to trillions upon trillions of cells in a human live birth is extremely complicated. And remember, when we think about genetics, so we, a lot of us, we think about the DNA, right? The hardware, the wiring, you know, those spirals. Yeah. But every time a cell divides open like divides the dna will open up unravel replicate itself and then come back together and make a new nucleus right of oh, the so cell. basically that ladder form will open up mm-hmm. and then it'll make another copy wow yeah so during that process of unwinding unfolding there's a whole another degree of genetics called epigenetics so outside genetics so the gattaca the g's a's t's and c's i gotta bring it back um are the same for that each cell essentially, but the folding, the outside genetics is really impacted by the human environment or the uterine environment. So when we're talking about all these artificial wombs, people are extremely concerned about a lot of the outside, the epigenetics and getting um, the human 
fetus to grow and, and they've used this in other models, like other animal models. Um, I'm not expert on this, but I know they've tried it in sheep and things like that, but they just miscarry. With the really sheep, they tried it after the, is it still called the first trimester? Yeah, I, th- I don't know if they use trimesters, Trim, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Like in Philadelphia, I think uh-huh. they, they did that, right? Correct, they've tried it. Wait, and- so you, you guys are saying a sheep <clears throat> from cell was kept in the like artificial, an artificial, artificial sheep uterus. Sheep no. uterus for three months it lasted? Well, or? No, no, no. After three months, it was taken out of the cow's. Is it still called the uterus? I don't know. Uterus. What happened? Sheep's it delivered uterus. early. Or sheep's it delivered sorry. Uterus. Yeah. It, it yeah. just couldn't. It couldn't. Yeah. Um, sustain. And even with some of this dystopian, you know, I know off the air we were talking about these other movies, and yeah. you know, in these plastic pods. Yeah. Imagine the nutrition, the artificial placenta that you're making, and getting and things change week to week in a pregnancy. There's things changing, not just nutritional needs, but all these other needs and. If you're delivering within all this plastic vessel, I mean, gosh, I was talking about Febreze and all the yeah. harm of air fresheners and phthalates and things. And I could only imagine, you know, other harm that might be done with artificial wombs. So but, we're not we're not there yet, basically. But but let's say if we're we not were, far off. Correct, either, right? Let's say if we were capable of doing that. Do you think that's. We, that that's the right direction to go towards as far as for society or you think it should just be kept at the natural as well i mean ivf and all that obviously is medicine right science mm-hmm. and medicine so it's not technically natural either it's you're artificially naturalizing it in a sense correct optimizing optimizing it, it. so in this case um this is completely different because the, their intention is you can select, okay, I want my son to be 6'3", I have an IQ of 210, uh, blue, athletic. Blue eyes. Yeah, blue eyes, dark hair, this, that, built. Yeah, you're 5'3 and 300 yeah, pounds. Yeah, So The, the, the <laughs> technology five, for selecting. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the technology uh, for self-selecting, making this super embryo that you're yeah. sort of describing is just not there. And also ethically, it is not there at all. I mean, the societies regulating this and providing best practice, um, it's a big no-no for any of what you were sort of describing, selecting an embryo based on height. or You're talking like about that. like the movie Twins, man, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, yeah. where they create Arnold Schwarzenegger and then Danny DeVito's the accident. They're like, it's yeah. just the leftovers. <laughs> Arnold's a superhuman. Yeah, no, but, pretty much but, what it is. But what I'm thinking about is more so because here's the concern that I have. Anything science develops, typically, for the most part, there's good intention. But then evil, especially these days, outweighs the good. So my concern is that they're going to find a way to somehow, the, you know, government or something is going to take over where it's going to, just like, for example, today, I don't know if you guys read the... Um, the godfather of AI left Google today. No, I didn't know that. He said, listen, this, my life's work, I regret it. Because of the direction AI is going, he just walked away today. Today or yesterday? As Today, in like that chat GPT AI kind of yeah, technology? Yeah. He said, he's considered the godfather of all that. But he walked away saying, I regret all my life's work. 
that I worked on this to bring it to where it's at today because I think this is going to disrupt disrupt society. Destroy society. Destroy society, basically. So that's my concern about this artificial womb and genetically developing your own kids however you want, your own embryos, your own future. What, you know. it's like, are you, like, are you it's concerned like, about overpopulation? Is that one no, of your no, concerns? no. He's more concerned about yeah. it turning into like a Chipotle or a subway where you go and you pick whatever you want. And I'm, I'm not concerned. I don't think we're overpopulated. No, I, I don't believe in overpopulation yeah. is what I'm... But it's more so about... Uh, again, the, the, the good of it is, okay, if somebody can't have babies, you can see the good of it. Why yeah. shouldn't everybody have the opportunity, sure. right? We're all for it. But, but you're going to have a lot of uh, just people with power that are going to take advantage of it. And then eventually maybe I'm just going to... Growing build, those children for the wrong reasons. For the wrong reasons. I'm going to build the strongest kids because I have the money and power. I'm going to build my own army. I'm going to do the, whatever it is. Build your yeah. own basketball team and Anything. join the NBA. So it's, it's going to take away, it's going to take away kind of nature's work, God's work of all the, you know, all these years, basically. That's my concern. Yeah. I think the oversight on these types of developments needs to be strong, needs to be clear. Um, and I think a lot of it, remember genetic um, gene therapy? A lot of that didn't um, go many places because a lot of times they just weren't technologically doing, um, they didn't have the technology at the time to do it properly. Mm. With the advent of other techniques, they're learning. And there was that person who tried to do it very poorly for HIV and got ostracized in China. And there was no oversight. It wasn't done properly, clearly. Yeah. And the wheels, and, and it was bad. It set the field back. So I, I think the womb technology, the artificial womb, it's um, no no for you. It's a yeah, it's a definitely a no no for Plus me. Plus, it's going to put you out of a job. <laughs> um, well, they to be fair, they're going to need embryos or something to implant into them. Yeah, but right they'll there. need for your, you know, specialist. Well, no, it, mm. then then it becomes more of a okay, who's no. going to be harvesting the. The egg and then implanting it into the, the sperm okay, look, into the look egg. At it There's going to be so many. I, I hate to make this comparison. Don't hate me for it, but it just came to mind. And not that I'm, I'm not advocating for diamond mining. I don't care for diamonds. I don't care even that bullshit. But compare diamonds to uh, lab diamonds, right? Cubic zirconias? No, no, no. no, 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 no. no. Lab diamonds. Lab-made diamonds, which really are almost bro. as expensive as diamonds. and they Oh, lose. the ones where they completely yes. compress it to the point What are they doing? They're taking the natural process, which takes thousands of years, into several hours or several yeah. weeks, right? That's essentially what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. In this case, in the diamonds case, I would rather we, we all forego the uh, natural, natural diamond. and go Let's after go the lab-made. But... When it comes to babies, I'd rather, as 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 Let risky, nature take its course. You know. Remember, humans, how long have we been on the earth? <clears throat> Millennia, right? Yeah. And the process has been optimized over just, you know, hundreds of thousands upon thousands of years. So it's been self-correcting and, and sort of figuring it out and going from, you know, Neanderthal to Homo erectus to Homo sapiens, you know, and all this. So now thing. transgenders and... <laughs> so and, and part of that is building you know better wombs and things like that it wasn't easy you know i'm sure you know in the old old days 
<laughs> get the miscarried more often. You know we had to go there. Was, you walked into that one, Doc. I, I I was trying to stay away from. Him. Notice how I didn't flinch. I just kept saying my sentence. So Doctor Noe is a pro at this. <laughs> You know, guys, I, I hope, you know, really, I think one of the big emphasis of this of today's talk is, you know, you want to work with a good team. You want to work of with course, board certified yeah. people, yeah, people who've gone through all these extra trainings and just do the right thing. Because you, know? you don't have unlimited eggs, uh, not eggs. You don't have unlimited tries. Like you can't go attempts. to attempts to one doc. He fucks it up. Then you go to another one. Then you're like, OK, let me go back. To- time is your Time is your biggest enemy. Yeah. It's but, it's time, but every time they do it, it damages your body. Time is right? your biggest enemy. Yeah. The, also, let's say also there's a lot of resources that go into fertility treatments, even inseminations, right? We all, we all only have so many resources. They're not just financial resources. Of course, yeah. you know, inseminations, IUIs, are, they're less effective, but also a lot more affordable than IVF. Yeah. But it's also emotional resources it's time away from the office resources it's time driving to the office resources it's just even like in in israel a lot of ivf is covered right there's like a a lot of in different companies but people can only do so many rounds of ivf just emotionally mentally physically so well um, i I think maybe in their case they're trying to promote uh, fertility and you know to to grow families right yeah, to grow but, their to, numbers but, but like you, you know the doctor mentioned IVF takes a toll on a female body man after a certain point and a male body emotionally it's hard for yeah. guys yeah emotionally yeah rounds. but as yeah. far as on and a phys- financial yeah, yeah on a physical standpoint yeah. imagine Jenny's gonna say well not all men pay for it. there are women who pay for it too right yes there is women <laughs> that pay for it too absolutely <laughs> so uh, Jenny's right again Jeez. she's always right yeah uh, uh, any, any, anything, anything else before we? <laughs> no, Dave, uh, you can't make a designer baby just yet. We are working <laughs> it's on coming it, soon. It's coming soon. Arno thinks uh, Trump should be cloned if that technology <laughs> is available. <laughs> It'll be it'll be beautiful. It'll be huge. It'll be it'll be amazing. <laughs> it'll be amazing. It'll be the best thing ever. You gotta do the hands, bro. <laughs> it'll be beautiful. It'll be glorious. It'll be the best thing ever. Vic will only build another Armand Hobart. I love you, Vic. Aww. We'll build. We'll actually, first measure it before we build another Vic. <laughs> measure the distance first. Um, Abiding says, uh, some believe human genetics are getting better as time advances. Some believe it's getting more degraded with each generational genetic defect. Personally, I think we were better built way back then. Take care of your bodies. That's what it's all about. You just stop, stop eating crap and just take care of your bodies. And we'll get back to how we were before. Like I said, we mentioned off the air. There was a video clip of New York City, people walking downtown uh, in, 19, in the 1930s. And one of the comments literally said, where are all the fat people? Stop eating the junk food. Stop eating the crap. Stop stop abusing your body. Just take care of it. Exercise. Eat healthy and you'll be fine. Simple as that. Easier um, said than done. Easier <clears throat> said than done. But hey, look, it takes discipline. It takes uh, time and it just takes patience. Yeah, and these food companies game it. I mean, it's like going after the tobacco companies because they know what they're doing. There's PhD food scientists working there so that they game the body system so that all the salt, sugar, sugar, yeah, that then you buy more and they sort of get you, they mess with your system, you know. 
Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Uh, guys, if you're interested in contacting uh, Dr. Norian, uh, we'll be leaving all of his information in the body of the podcast uh, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, and then it'll be on all the uh, major platforms as far as Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and all that stuff uh, tomorrow. Uh, is there anything else before we uh, call it night? What you, the way you said it's like cutting off the nuts. Or before we, 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 well, we got to go do his vasectomy. Oh, is that <laughs> what it is? Let me get the tools ready, boys. Uh, no, no, uh, no foreplay. No, no we're wrong. We're wrong. We're wrong. This is, this is good. This is good stuff. I don't, I don't get this level of male questioning and entertainment. Are you guys are curious? I love it. You know, that's one of the things I help train residents, medical students. And you know, one of the things you can't teach people, you can't pe- teach people to be curious. Yeah. No, we are. We're definitely curious. Sometimes. Can the two of us join in on that? <laughs> the residency. residency. See, if, if there was a way for me to just go into residency or fellowship, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Well, there's a way. You just go to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's good medical schools everywhere, guys. You know? but, but, for me, but the whole process of, over? I have to, in my case, I have to go back to high school and fix my grade school. <laughs> It'll be a 47 year process. Oh, uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> but if I can just jump, if you know, if somehow I can jump into residency. We'll talk after the show. He's got to pass it. a lot of exams. That's what, at one point, I felt like a professional exam yeah, taker. He's going to be coming. He'll, he'll be back next week. His last name's going to be Nguyen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Uh, Dr. Dorian. We appreciate, we you, appreciate you taking time out of your Monday to be with us. We really, really do. It was, I, I hope you enjoyed it. We, we, I, did. I know We know it was your first podcast. So Yeah, this is my first you, podcast ever. Uh, how was your we experience? We broke the seal. Like, was it? Um, it was great. It was, right. it was good. It was uh, something you you were I, expecting or s- surprised you a little bit? Because you were initially hesitant when you and I first spoke, right? You're like, mm, I don't know, man. You guys, you know, I it's, uh, you, you it's now me, I, you, now I become you, a fan of the show, so yeah, I, okay, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Because so, you're you're exact. Where's where I know You sound like an asshole over the phone. I don't know <laughs> oh come on! I, 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 I wouldn't say that, but I. Um, you know, for me, a lot of what I do is just evidence-based medicine yeah, yeah. and then just trying to be a good communicator and understanding fertility treatments really help many, many people, but it doesn't work. Some techniques don't work for everyone yeah. and keeping an open mind, being creative for what works for you. That's where you're really going to be able to add to your family. So well, we, we appreciate your honesty. Doctor. And as a community, we should all support the friends and family members we do have that are having trouble conceiving please just be supportive of those people around you yeah and help them along yeah Yeah. indirectly yeah bring up the topic and listen we have dr norian here you could refer them to them yes yes hrc which is huntington reproductive center right correct in pasadena uh it's a state-of-the-art facility right wonderful facility with great laboratory and um and just we try to make the the experience as comfortable as possible. There you go. Awesome. There you go. Uh, guys, today's podcast again was brought to you by Manscaped. Visit manscaped.com. Use promo code WISENUTS. You get 20% off and you get free shipping. Dr. Norian, thank you so much again. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. And everybody will have all of his information plugged into the body of the podcast today and tomorrow when it hits all major platforms. Uh, happy belated birthday to you. Thank happy you. Happy birthday on the 4th to you. And uh, we'll see you guys. What? Oh, what, 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 what are you, what are you, what are you Every day is my birthday. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I really yeah, don't yeah. celebrate no more. I'm 40, by the way. And then if I don't say it, Doc, then they're going to go, you didn't remember my birthday. No, he we expect me, you to he, pay, he, post it on Facebook like you do your 1,479 
Friends. Friends. Hey, <laughs> you said friends. Yeah. Friends. Friends. All right. But the real friends. We don't get a Facebook post. All right. All right. I'll post we, it on we Facebook. We just get an HBD text. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love those schmucks who just write HBD. Like, you really didn't have the time to write out a happy birthday. Huh? You had to even condense that in HBD. You know what? Not to end the show on a sour note, but there was this one person whose birthday it was a couple days ago, and they had their Facebook thing blocked where you couldn't post on their wall. And I went into the message to wish them a happy birthday. And my communication to this person for the past four years was just happy birthday. So I just went in there. I just unfriended him. There's no point of me communicating with this, this person. This guy will anymore. literally say happy birthday to everybody. I look at it that I think, really? hey, you know what? I, I, well, I, he's hoping one of them is going to. Get the son of a bitch said happy birthday. Hey, I don't know. I'm looking to list my property. Oh, see, right? they, they always see, exactly. they, gotta, they gotta tie it into my business. Why would, every someone, single time. Why would someone be so like inter- exactly. interested in my right, we're rambling on? We're rambling on, guys. Right. Have a Sorry, great J- week. Jake had a last uh super chat. Jake, thank you again. He says, Why is that? Can you get a LGBTQT person in an upcoming podcast? Look, we've talked to several of them. Um, they've said yes, then they're hesitant. So you guys have any hookups, John? If you have John, hookups your in friends, that community, your friends, yeah. Well, not not, we, not we John, 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 not, John, not Doctor John, Doctor John, John, John. Yeah. yeah. Let us know. Uh, we'd love to have and pick have one and pick their brain. There you go, uh, guys. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Love you guys. We'll see you guys next week.